All right, Ben. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How you doing today? Super groovy. All right, man. Sounds good. It was kind of weird because we've been talking for the past half hour. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're like, oh, yeah, well, I'm good, man. Like, why the fuck are you asking me what I'm, why, <laughs> how no, good it, I am? You know I'm good. <laughs> it's oh, good. Man. No, I'm, you know. Can't have too many greetings. Yeah, man, I'm with you. <laughs> I don't I don't really know how to start this shit, to be honest with you. It's kind of weird. You know, and when I listen to other podcasts, there's always, like, these nice, clean, professional, you know, like, welcome to the show, and I'm this person. I'm the executive producer, and, like, welcome to this show. I'm, this is what I do. And they have, like, these very really nice voices. <laughs> and I'm just like, hey, how you doing, man? Welcome to the show. Yeah. All right, well, let's uh, let's, let's get this shit going, man. Yeah, you know. No, so you, know what? you know what? You sound, like, you sound like Joe Rogan, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you yeah. go. You know what, though? Actually, the funny thing is, is that. My show isn't modeled after Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. I I didn't realize this until after I started listening to Joe Rogan. I mean, so I didn't model it after him, but it is technically mm-hmm. the show is like his. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's very interesting how it turned out that way. But I like his show. I like his podcast because that's you know he gets some really interesting people up there, mm-hmm. and they just shoot the shit and talk about you know a million and one things. Sometimes they can be repetitive, so that's what mm-hmm. I'm trying to do. Like stop. You know, when people ask me questions, like, oh, well, I think I mentioned that in the previous episode, so I'm not going to, mm-hmm. you know, listen to it again. Hey, guess. Shut uh, up. I mean, sorry, like, say it again. <laughs> right. But, uh, but for the most part, it works, you know. Okay. And his his shows are just as long as mine, or my yeah. shows are just as long as his. You right. Know? So, um, like, one time I had, like, a three and a half hour episode, man. Like, damn, dog. And fucking Joe Rogan's shows are, like, three hours. Like, on average, yeah. they're, like, two and a half or three hours. So, yeah. But they're so interesting. So, hopefully one day people will appreciate the content and, and cut me some slack on these introductions introductions and shit. And hopefully I, I get to a point where I want, I don't want to do advertisements, but if it's uh. giving me money, I mean, I might have to do it. You know? <laughs> people people might have to suck it up. So, it's either you give me money or I get money from these people and you let me, you know, say some shit for, like, 30 seconds. And it'd be where, where is where is your spirit of charity, man? <laughs> hey, I donate. I'm I'm a charitable person. Yeah, I donate. You know, I uh, I'm, I make my money and I give it back. You know, if I can. But you know, people are broke out this bitch, man. It sucks. It sucks not having money. So, anyways, how about you introduce yourself to the audience? <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah, my name is uh, Ben Garrido. I've been living here in uh, Korea for last eight, damn, almost nine years. Nice. Um. Yeah, man. It's uh. I really like it here. Um. Like, I kind of came first just as a, uh, I wanted to get out of my hometown, you know, see the world mm. kind of a thing. And, uh, yeah, I just sort of stuck. And, yeah, man, it, it was kind of weird. Like, I originally planned on staying for a year or so. And now I'm just, like, sitting back and, like, damn, I might be a lifer. Yeah, you're a lifer, man. Yeah. Dude, I think, I think after you pass the three-year mark, you're a lifer. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there are certain standards for it, but I'm setting the standards right now. Any, anytime after three years, you're a lifer, period. Well, it's, like, it's like um really weird thing. Like, sometimes I go back I go back to the States. I, usually, I try to go back once a year, you know, see my mom, my sister, yeah. you know, family. Um, I usually try to go back once a year. And, you know, it... You know, at first it was it was like okay I'm coming home right and you know just the longer I'm here man the more it's like you know I go when I see my family and it's nice and then I come back here and I'm like oh I'm home now I'm home yeah. <laughs> you know yeah well <clears throat> what is what is that uh, old saying like home is where you lay your head or whatever or home home is anywhere that you lay your head or some shit like that so since you you know spend you know you mainly live in Korea you spend the majority of your time here now this is your home yeah you know so you're just like a visitor to the states yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> that's cool man that's cool so and we met uh through jujitsu yep. which i've met a few people through jujitsu before so we won't talk a lot about it because i know we've talked about it before with nick and i uh-huh. yeah that was an interesting episode <laughs> yeah, we were drunk as shit man well you know there's yeah. a th- there's a part two of um 
you know, uh, I'm not that good. So. Yeah. <laughs> None of us are. So, you know, especially compared to other people. But yeah. we're learning, you know, step by step, baby. Step yeah. by step. So, all right. So let's let's jump into our, our warm up topic, okay. which you want to talk about. Oh, yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, race cars, man. Race cars. Um, nice. Actually, so like I got I've got kind of a long history with uh, with race cars and just mechanical stuff in general. Like one of my first memories, I was four, five years old, and uh, my dad had this really cool four by four. Um, you know, probably nobody in your audience knows what this is, but like it's a, it was an international scout. Mm-hmm. Um, international is this company that m- they mostly make like semi trucks and you know heavy farming equipment. Right. Um, and then in the '60s, '70s, '80s, they kind of had a side business making like kind of Jeep competitors. Okay. Um, so these are like some. They're like way overbuilt, right? Super burly, yeah, big burly machines. You know, yeah, you know, I mean, they 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 weigh like twice as much as they should, right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. it's like a tank rolling down <laughs> a fucking small city, right? Right, and um, so uh, I remember I was like four or five years old, and my dad was working on his on his scout, his international scout, this this truck, and um, he dropped a wrench, mm. and you know he. You know, he's got, he's got big hands, big, you know, and he couldn't, he couldn't reach down in order to get the, the tool. Right. So I'm sitting there, I'm not, um, I'm, you know, a little kid and I'm like, yeah, man, I'm going to, I'm going to help my dad, but this is kind of theoretical help at this point. Cause right. you know, what am I going to do? Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, you know, so my dad, my dad said, Hey Ben, come here. And he picked me up by my ankles and sort of dangled me over the engine bed. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. And, you know, I'm five years old. I got little hands. Yeah. So, you know, I'm like, I'm fishing around there. I got the wrench. Yeah. Nice. And, uh, you know, I remember feeling like super proud of that. And, you know, hey, I got I got this wrench from my dad. Right. And uh, just kind of, you know, from from that point on, like I've always been interested in it. And, um, you know, so uh, I did some stuff with my friends. Like when I was early teens, um, uh I, my dad bought me this, uh, this old Toyota out of a junkyard, uh, for 200 bucks. Nice. And it didn't run. Right. And you know, it's a mess and it'd been crashed and like whoever the previous owner was, um, they, I think I'm pretty sure they had a kid because the entire, the entire interior just reeked of baby shit. Oh my God. (laughs) Why did your dad do that to you? You know, well, because uh, it was like, I asked you him want to. the car. Oh, I asked I him see. to. Okay. I was like, hey, dad, I want a car. I want a car. I want a car. <laughs> I want a shitty car. <laughs> Literally. That's a what shitty I car. Want. Yeah. <laughs> so the he shittier like, the better. Yeah. So he was like, okay, sure. Why yeah. not? I can do that for you. Easy. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, we, we drug this thing home and yeah. me and my friends, uh, we got, we got it running. Nice. Um, we took out all the interior. Uh, we actually, and we, um, we did some, uh, we actually raced it a couple times. Nice. Uh, this stuff called autocross, which is. Um, it's like you go to an airport or something mm-hmm. and they, they put down chalk and cones and you're just trying to set a fast time. You know, it's, it's, it's really low oh, level, really yeah. cheap. Yeah. That's, but it's fun though. Yeah. And we, um, you know, we, we did that and you know, just super positive experience. So I kept going. Nice. Well, you know, fast forward a couple of years and I come to Korea and, uh, so excuse me, uh, so I get to Korea and I'm, I start teaching at this middle school and all my students are, you know, they're taking science classes. 
And I'm like, hey guys, well, what do you do with it? I'm like, you know, we study. And I'm like, no, no, yeah, but well, what do you do with it? Yeah, you know, I do the workbook and, you know, I, I, I do the calculations and, yeah, that's what I do. Right. And I'm like, well, hey, you want to actually, like, use it with your hands? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, okay, we'll do Legos. And, you know, I'm just thinking to myself, like, bullshit, you're doing Legos, right. man. <laughs> nah, you're not doing Legos. <laughs> um, so I kind of did the same thing that my dad did for me all those years before. Yeah. And I went down to a junkyard. And, uh, well, actually it wasn't a junkyard, but it was like, it was the part of a car lot where they're saving up the stuff that they're going to send to the junkyard. Mm-hmm. And I went down there and I said, okay, I want, I want something car shaped and I want a stick shift. Right. Okay. And past that, I don't care. Right. So, uh, <laughs> 900 bucks later, I ended up with a, um, I ended up with a, uh, and for you, you car people out there, you know, prepare to be blown away. <laughs> uh, very exotic, pure purebred racing machine. Nice. The uh, the 1998 Daewoo Nubera. Daewoo. Oh, Daewoo. Nu- okay, so I know Daewoo. I don't know the Nubera though. I know the brand. Um. Yeah. It, it's it's just a crap. It's like it's sort of like a Honda Civic sized oh, thing, but okay. crappier. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, so a 98 Daewoo yeah, Nubera. All right. 98 Daewoo Nubera. It been crashed. Okay. Um. More baby crap interior. Yeah. God damn, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's got bad luck, man. But but this this person was also a heavy smoker, so oh. it sort of covered it up with cigarette smoke. Okay, I guess pros and cons. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a good and a bad thing. Yeah. Um. So you have to sometimes you have to find the silver linings and things, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. Oh, it was so much fun. So me and my me and my my high, my middle school kids. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I did like this unofficial summer camp thing, and we toured this son of a bitch all apart uh we gutted the interior um uh like and every day um every day like i'd start off and i'd teach them something yeah and then we'd go out and we'd actually use it on this you know that's the poor, way to do innocent, it, yeah piece of crap car and uh you know it's so like day one was i taught them a little bit about aerodynamics right you know and hey this is how you know this is you know high pressure zones low pressure zones drag you know um and then they were like, okay, okay. You know, so, you know, hey guys, you got it? They'd be like, yeah, we got it. I was like, okay, well, I just bought this hood out of the junkyard. Um, and here's an angle grinder and uh, make me a better one. Nice. And they did. And it was like, it was, man, it was, it was, it was so cool. You know, the, like these kids, when we started, most of them didn't even know how to use a screwdriver. Mm. Um, and, you know, spent the summer, uh, spent the summer, you know, just teaching them stuff, you know, and it would, you know, it was, it was like the same process over and over, you know, I teach them some idea and then we go do it and we start doing it. They'd be like, you know, Hey teacher, how do you take this apart? And I go, okay, we well, take it apart like this and, you know, undo six screws and I show it to them and I put it back on. Right. And all right, now your turn. <laughs> so like this, this poor car, like every, every part on this car came on and off seven times. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Experiential learning, man. Yeah. That's very important. Yeah. Um, so I'm all about that too. So some things you can't is really hard to do it with, but generally speaking, for a class like that, it's perfect. It it needs to happen that way. Yeah, it was you know? it was great. You know, um, you know, I had a blast. Like the, the kids had a blast. Like they, it, it's funny. Um, like they still like these kids are in college now, and right. they still send me messages being like, "Hey, you got that car? Nice. Did you do something else? Yeah. <laughs> That's tight." 
yeah that's really cool man yeah. it's amazing to watch people like grow up and stuff you know yeah you know so i, I mean i'm getting on i'm 27 now i'm getting older so it's very interesting to watch like like my my friends' kids, for example, like mm-hmm. you know, and even my baby cousins. Yeah, like one even one year, one year fucking flies like this. Yeah, right? it goes by so quickly, and I look at them like, damn, dude, like that. You know, my cousin was just like a baby yesterday. I was just holding him, and now he's walking and talking and like you know, and, just, <laughs> and being a smartass. And like, how does a two year old be a smartass? <laughs> yeah, just trying to figure things out. So yeah, it's it's very interesting, you know. So I think being able to watch like middle schoolers like progress into like college and they're like hitting you up and stuff. That's really cool, man. That's yeah. really cool. No, it was, oh man, it, it's great. Like, it, it's super rewarding. Like, I think that, you know, kind of, you know, being a lifer, I think that's one reason I'm a lifer. Yeah. It's because, like, this is just, you know, it, it's a lot more rewarding yeah. than the stuff I'd be doing if I was back home. Yeah. Um. Yeah, well, especially home now is a shit show. So. Yeah. 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 MAGA. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, I can't even read the news anymore. So here's the thing. I'm an avid reader. Like, we've mm-hmm. talked about this because, yeah. you know, we are both readers. Um, And I read the, I try to read the news, like, every day, mm-hmm. right? And, and specifically about American politics, I just fucking skip that section now. <laughs> I don't want to know anything about it. I'm just like, I don't give a shit anymore. You know, like, I've done, I've done my duty. I can't do anything else. So now I just, like, skip that section. But even when I skip that section, it doesn't matter because everything comes back to trump or it comes back to the u.s i'll go to the world news same thing right mm-hmm. i'll go to um uh business news i go to technology news and everything and somehow not everything but a lot of things are still linked back to the u.s and linked back to trump or trump's administration or like whatever business or whatever and it's like it's all trump's fault which i'm sure there are some things that that are his fault and some things that are not but i'm just like i'm just so sad i don't want to hear it anymore you know what i'm saying i just want to like read the news without seeing trump and <laughs> america's bullshit in it so <laughs> but yeah i mean it's um i was actually reading something about that that recently and there um there's this um this website uh 538.com oh yeah you told me about that yeah that and one of the things i really like about it is um like everything they do is kind of based on statistics mm-hmm. i mean not everything but most of the stuff they do is based on statistics um and because of that they sort of like call themselves on a lot of bullshit right um and so, like, one of the articles I was reading from them recently um, was talking about, okay, you know, this whole Trump media thing. Right. Are they actually enemies or are they frenemies? Right. <laughs> and, you know, I got to thinking about it. I'm like, I think they're frenemies. Right. Because, you know, I mean, how many viewers is CNN getting? A ton. Because of their... Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. their little feud with... Uh, uh, with Trump. With Trump, yeah. yeah. It's like entertainment for a lot yeah, of people. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and you know, the same thing, you know, um, like the, uh, the mainstream media has a really crappy reputation. Right. It's true. And you know, so especially among Republicans. Yeah. So, you know, Trump gets this giant platform on which to bash yeah. Republicans like least favorite thing. Uh huh. And you know, I mean, it I works. It works. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I, I yes, mass media has its benefits uh-huh. for sure. Um, but you know, it needs to be balanced mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I, I totally believe that we should have media around. Like, I, I know there yeah. are a lot of, you know, people who are like media is under attack and, and I think in a lot of ways it is and journalists uh. are under attack, you know, uh, physically speaking as well. I mean, did you uh. hear about that story? I forgot about that. I forgot about his name, but like, um, Oh, the dude who got chokeslammed. Yeah. By the in, fucking Republican yeah, in like, Montana governor or what was, what was he? Not was a governor. A congressional, congressional congressman. Right? Yeah. Congressional. Yeah. And candidate. he fucking won. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then and then I was listening to the follow up story. Like so so uh-huh. for those of you who don't know, there was a journalist who was essentially like tackled and like slammed down for like asking a question uh-huh. to this guy who was running for yep. Congress. Special election in Montana. Yep. Right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you. Um and then he won. Right. Yeah. The guy won. Now the, now keep in mind this guy's very rich, right? He's like this uh-huh. typical you know, like very rich businessman, you know, white Republican guy. Right? Uh-huh. That's what he is. So nobody was really surprised, right, uh-huh. that that he was running. But people were definitely surprised that he won after like the whole recording <laughs> of him like slamming this guy down was leaked, right? Yeah. So not only did he win, but of course the reporter pressed charges, uh-huh. right? Yep. Um, and the guy got off essentially. He was like found like. He was found guilty of something, mm-hmm. but he his only like uh, uh, he, there was no jail time, nothing yep. like none of that shit. He just had to pay. He has to pay like three hundred dollars in like community service or something yep. like that. Yep. And I'm like, what? Yeah. That's crazy. So I remember that was a big thing in the news. And then I know there's other journalists and other people who have been you know incarcerated um, for covering the news or for like being in a, you know in the wrong place at the wrong time or whatever. So I definitely think that shouldn't happen because we need to have a free and open press for uh-huh. sure. But I think our press needs to be balanced, and they need to be kept in check for sure, um, as well. So, yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of my two cents on it. I, I think I think you're right. Like, um, there's actually uh, some other stuff. I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, there there's ah, oh, geez, it, it's kind of complicated. Like, if you look back at when I don't, know, I think media was much more effective in the seventies, eighties, nineties, right? Um. And it's kind of it's kind of weird to say, but like the biggest I mean, there's there's a bunch of differences, but some of the big differences in the media environment then versus now are kind of stuff that you know we asked for, like, uh, for example, in the 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, if you wanted to watch the news, you, know, you, you turn on the TV, you right. don't have Internet, you know, you turn on the TV you have 15 channels and you have a choice of CBS, NBC, ABC. Right. You know, uh, and you know, so you've got like basically three or four really big corporations um, and they're going for like mass audiences. Right. You know, and because there's just not that much, uh, because there's just not that much choice, you know, the, you can't have like this ultra niche, ultra liberal, ultra conservative news coverage because there's only four channels, right? You know, and you gotta, you gotta kind of, you gotta kind of talk to everybody, you know. So you had like these big corporations dom- dominating the media, and because of that, you know, it was, I don't know. I mean, as weird as it is to say, like more reasonable, right? Um, and then another thing that that happened too is, you know, um, I was I was reading some statistics on the uh, on the media, kind of the composition of the media, and it it's stuff like, uh. These days, like ninety four percent of people in a in a newsroom um, have a four year college degree or more, mm-hmm. and like that's kind of crazy if you want your media to be representative. Right. Like in the U S, it's what like twenty eight percent of people have a college degree. Is it? Yeah, I it, didn't know it's that, like it's not true, yeah. it's not very high. Right. Um. You know. So, and then it's like an, uh, some super high percentages, like mid eighty percent are uh, are registered as Democrats. Right. You know, and uh. Yeah, and that wasn't the case 30, 40 years ago. So I don't know. It, it's uh, it's kind of complicated. Like the yeah, I don't think I don't think you can fit the solutions to that problem 
into these little like neat ideological boxes that people seem to want to put stuff in. Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's definitely more to it, you know, for sure. And and the way technology has um, shaped media mm-hmm. um, has been insane. Right? Oh, yeah. You know, because like you said, I mean, we used to flip the channels, right? We would get our news mm-hmm. from newspapers, for example, and then yeah. you have the news on the TV channels. Now there's lots of different ways to get your news. Yeah. Right? Tons of different ways. And not only through like different companies who are now doing media, um, but also through, you know, smartphones, Facebook, YouTube, Facebook, podcasts. Yeah. Right. And I mean, there's a lot of people who are being, you know, not necessarily dishonest, but they're not showing the whole truth. Right. Um, that's a big thing. You know, I think that's kind of where like um, a lot of distrust came from. Um, and, it's, and it's from both sides. It's actually from all sides, um, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion, which is why like new news media uh, outlets were able to actually come up and like, you know, show that like, hey, we're trying to be fair. We're trying to do this. And, you know, um, and some people will say like, okay, everybody has an agenda, mm-hmm. right? Um, and to an extent, I can agree with that. Um, and to this day, I still haven't found like a news company, like a news media uh, outlet that mm-hmm. has just like, we don't have an agenda. We just want to get everybody's opinion. You know, I haven't found one yet. I don't, I don't um, think you can. I don't yeah. think you can do that. I want to do one, actually. <laughs> Seriously, I could <laughs> yeah, do it. Give it a try. Yeah, I could totally do it because I just want to get everybody's like opinions, right? Like I don't, uh-huh. like I don't care what your opinions are. I just want to, even if I disagree with them, that's fine, you mm-hmm. know. But I want to be able to get everybody's opinion and just put it in one place. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's, um, you know, and it, uh, I think I think that's, you know, there, there's some, man, there's a, uh, there's some publications I think I think are pretty fair. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned, five thirty eight, um, they're kind of a left wing bent, but right. not. Um, they're not Salon right. <laughs> or MSNBC. Yeah. You know, it, it's not, it's not like the, you know, the raving right. <laughs> ideological screed. Right. Um, you know, so if like, if you, if, if you lean a little bit left, I think 538 is a good one. Okay. Um, I'd also say like, uh, the Atlantic. Oh yeah. The Atlantic. The Atlantic's really good. Yeah. Um, the interpreter. The interpreter. The economist. The economist is good. The economist. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the interpreter I think is good too. The interpreter. I've not heard of that one. I think that one's based on uh, mainly international news, maybe. Oh, okay. Damn, I don't remember, but I, I like their articles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, um, yeah, I've never heard of them. Are they, they like, uh, are they politics or what are they? Um, a little bit of everything. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, a little bit of everything. But there, I think there's more politics, you know, for sure. Yeah, they're okay. more politically, like, uh, savvy as compared to other subjects. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I, I don't know. Don't take my word for it. Yeah, I, I, read it. I just like I, just, I like some of the uh, the authors, um, uh-huh. and I also just like some of the content that they write. Yeah, and they're not, of course, they're not completely impartial, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. I don't. I mean, it's hard to be that way. Um, mm-hmm. But at least they try to put all the facts out there, right. and then you can you know discern for yourself. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, it it's just it's just hard. Like it's it's hard to be completely impartial because like. Um, Actually, before I came to Korea, I wrote for newspapers for a while. Right, and um, that's tight. I've always wanted to. It's fun, man. Yeah. the The pay is absolute garbage. But, yeah, of course. <laughs> but of it's course. fun. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> that's another reason I'm in Korea. Is the pay is absolute garbage. Yeah. Well, there you go. Right. <sighs> that's how it is, man. That's why you know. That's why I like a lot of people who have opportunities to work abroad. Mm-hmm. They do it because I mean, one, you get to be abroad, which is great, but the pay is way better than that back home. Yeah, you know. And life is simple, like, or simpler, yeah. I can say, yeah. in other countries than it is in the United States, you know? And there's, like, less money to spend, too. Yeah, man. So. I, you know, 
Ugh. And there's like, and, the, and when I say less money to spend, I mean like you have to pay for everything, <laughs> and it's like everything is expensive in the states. Yeah, you know? and that shit adds up. You know, it, even simple things like rent, right? Rent. Everybody has to pay for rent, right? Uh-huh. For the most part, but you have rent, and then you have utilities, and you have your car, you have your car insurance, you have, you know, mm-hmm. if you need a car, but most likely you need a car in the states if you're going to be working. Oh yeah, you can't um, work unless you li- unless, unless you uh, live in a, like a bigger city with a good metro right. system. You know? And then the rent's gonna murder you. Yeah, and the rent's gonna be bad, <laughs> right? And then, then you have food. Food's generally pretty expensive in the United States. Like, there's just so many different things that go into it. And I know people are like, "Oh, well, that's everywhere." But like, well, not exactly, right? <laughs> because um, it, essentially, in the United States, you're getting raped. You know, like yeah. financially speaking. Um, and then a lot of people have student loan debts, and then you know, there's like other debts you have to consider as well. Yep. Um, you know, but like for example, you know, food and what's a good example. Okay, I lived in Jordan for a while, mm-hmm. right? Food was so cheap, right? <laughs> it was extremely cheap, right? $100 a month could maybe Ooh. purchase all my food, right? How much does the average American spend on food in a month? There's no oh, fucking geez. ways $100. Man. $100 a week, maybe. That makes sense. But not $100 a month. Yeah, I was I was gonna say, man, like really, really skimping, like eating garbage. Yeah, you're probably eating sh- like straight up, like literally yeah. shit that's yeah. put in a bag. You know yeah. what I'm saying? With a lot of salts and some preservatives in there. Like so, yeah, man, like the lowest. Jesus, yeah, I could get down to like seven, eight dollars a day. Right. But that was that was like not good for your body. No, it's not good. At all. <laughs> yeah, it's not good at all. I mean, and that's that's even being cheap, right? And yeah. going to the grocery store yeah. and buying things from the grocery store. So that's... it's not good. So I mean, so like things, and of course, like. You know, the purchasing power, the peep, you know, um, the purchasing power is going to be different in every country. Right. right? Um, and of course, the U.S. dollar is pretty strong. It's still doing uh-huh. still doing well right now. So it's going to be different in other countries. But if you spend so much money in food and then you have your car insurance and then you have, you know, rent your insurance, you have utilities, you might have home insurance. Um, uh, what's it called? Or like renters insurance, sorry, yeah. for example. Or even if you own the house. Yeah. If you own the house, that's also like a, you got your mortgage and you have yep. to have your homeowner's insurance and like other things. You know, it's just like everything adds up to like this crazy amount of money that, you know, for the average person, they're really not. They're barely scraping by. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're barely scraping by. And then you have bullshit like the healthcare that we're dealing with now. You know, that's a whole different ball game. And then medicine's like fucking outrageous. So if you don't have insurance, um, I mean, there's just so many things, you know what I'm saying? And, and life, life shouldn't be that difficult. Like, it should not be that hard. Oh no, that that's that's I can I completely I'm completely there with you. Like, um, yeah, I I don't I don't like to live. I don't I don't want to live my life as a in a careful fashion. Right. You know, like I want to have adventures. I want to light stuff on fire. Right. You know? right. <laughs> yeah. You, you shouldn't have to think about every decision. You know, yeah. you shouldn't have to be. I think there was a comedian who did this. Uh, who had actually did a bit about this? He's like, "Well, I have twenty dollars. I put this twenty dollars in the gas tank. Do I do this? Uh-huh. Like, you know, do I do I put ten dollars in the gas tank and maybe barely make it home, but I could spend five dollars and get a sandwich and actually eat some food today or some shit like that? Oh, I yeah. forgot, I forgot who who did that, but but it's true. Like, you shouldn't have to be weighing these decisions out. And I've done that for such a long time mm-hmm. um, that I, I appreciate not being in a situation like that where I can just spend money. I can if I wanted to spend a hundred dollars right now, I could not even blink an eye. Right back in the day. Mm. There's no fucking way I could do that. First of all, I probably didn't even have a hundred dollars to begin with. Yeah, you know. But even if I did, I would be like, "Yeah, hell yeah, I'm rich, bitch." What you gonna say? You know. So, but yeah, it's it's just not good living. And the the unfortunate thing is that there are a lot of people in the world who live like that. Uh-huh. Um, and there are definitely a lot of people in the United States that live like that. You yeah. know, presumably a country that is great and all this other shit. You know, and has a role model to other countries. But we shouldn't be in some ways. You know, we we need to get our shit together in some ways. And so. Yeah, man. The, yeah, it, it's uh, like 
um yeah i know i know what you mean like uh i don't know i I think like i don't know if i finish up you know if i get an advanced degree i I make 60 70 80 thousand dollars a year right you know i think i'd go back to the u.s and live i think it'd be great I mean, um, well, if I'm yeah. making that kind of money, yeah. If you're making that kind of money, yeah, it'd be great. But the average, but, we're talking like the average person, yeah. nowhere makes that type of money. And even if you did so make hard. that type of money, you probably have a shit ton of debt below you to get that advanced degree. Yeah, right. Well, so, if you're getting it in the U.S., if you get in the U.S., yeah. Which one? I'm going to grad yeah, school here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You totally need to go to grad school. Yo, if anybody takes uh, anything from this podcast at all, like my number one advice is don't go to a U.S. institution if you don't have to, you know, to get your degree. Go somewhere else, man. Yeah, seriously, sure. come to Korea and get your advanced degree here, man. I got yeah, my yeah, I got man. my master's for six grand here. I know, man. And people Total. Are, people are doing like their PhDs for like less than ten grand too, yeah. man. It's crazy, yeah. and it's great. Like that's it should be like education yeah. should be affordable, you yeah. know. Um, and unfortunately, that's just that's a huge problem in our system right now, along with other things, of course. But you know, financially, obviously, that's a big thing. So. Yeah, no, it's uh like, and you know that's another reason I came here, man. It's like, um, it's just like one of the things I really, I really dig about the Korean system is, you know, in a lot of ways, Korea is pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, like the stuff that high school kids go through is insane, right? You know, I mean, they they do they do stuff like they they study till midnight, wake up at six a.m. crazy, like, dude. Six days a week, yeah sometimes seven yeah um you know and that's just like and they do that for three years yeah uh well for your international listeners probably should explain high school is three years here but, yeah um but yeah so um uh but yeah it, it you know it, it's brutal and like you know and there's a lot of suicides and stuff like that attached to it but on the flip side it's meritocratic right like if you can pull if you can survive that if you nut up and get through it mm-hmm um, you know, you can go to the best university in the country for basically free. Right. Um, and you know, and, and it's not, it's not like some super rarefied thing. It was, I think it was, uh, you know, Seoul National University, mm-hmm. um, was admitting something like 2%, like, and that's just one university. Right. They're admitting like the top 2% of students. Right. You know, and, and you, you know, you, you, uh, you factor in some of the other, you know, five, six, seven, eight top universities and like these are big universities and they're, they're generally cheap. Right. You know? So I don't know, man, like, and that, that seems like the opposite, kind of the opposite of the U S I remember when I graduated high school, you know, I had pretty good scores and I started, um, I applied to uh, Dartmouth. Oh yeah. Dartmouth. Yeah. Pretty you know? cool. And I got this letter back and it was, it was so cool. I started reading the top of the letter. I'm like, I'm like, booyah. You know, it was like, oh, Mr. Garrido, uh, we would be happy to admit you to Dartmouth university. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, you know, we're excited if you do, you know, do this, do this, you have this opportunity, blah, 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 blah. Uh, by the way, it'll be $25,000 a semester. Yep. Yep. You know, Oh yeah, I can't do that. It's <laughs> a ton of money, man. It's just crazy, dude. You know, and, and that's 25 grand a semester. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I can't, you know, I mean, how many people can do that? Yeah, and then you have to take in everything else, too. Like, that's just for school. I mean, yeah. not even living. And like that's a, that's and that's the problem because school, you know, tuition might be cheap, mm-hmm. right? You might find a school that's a pretty decent tuition, but you also have to live. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You also need to eat, and you have to take everything else into, into consideration, too, which is why those costs add up significantly. Yeah. So. No, it, it's, you know, yeah, it, yeah, it uh, it's, it's super hard. 
it's just it's so hard to like work your way from the bottom to the top yeah in the u.s and and like that's another reason i'm, I'm here is because you know in korea yeah i mean they're they, it, it's brutal the competition is insane um you know and you got to work hard but like you know it it's it's not as you know it's not as de- dependent on just like having stacks of money at home right um you know so yeah it's land of opportunity as far as i'm concerned yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no i mean i i totally agree with you and the thing is is that um i think that uh americans should explore other options you know what i'm saying that's yeah. and that's pretty much what i was saying like and then you know our our education system especially like our tertiary system is not not a bad thing, uh-huh. but it does need to be balanced, you yeah. know, which is the problem that we have now, um, especially financially. It totally needs to be balanced. But, you know, we also need to realize that we're not the best. You know, it's not like other countries don't have education. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not like other countries don't have amazing universities because they do. And oftentimes you can go to those universities for, you know, a fraction of the price. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And you are also immersed in this new culture and this new language. And, you know, it's yep. just it's like a whole new, whole new experience. You know, the, I don't think American institutions have that prestige anymore, you know, that we used to have a long time ago. Obviously, there are some that are going to. Mm. MIT, for example, Harvard and yeah. Yale and Princeton and Dartmouth. And, you know, we can the list, University of Chicago. I mean, the list goes on. Right? We have mm. some. But the fact of the matter is, when you consider how many the average citizen right the average american are not going to these institutions yeah right at all and so you're now sending these uh, so now and i say we as like america we're sending uh-huh. our kids right people like me and you and and, our, and the next generation to these institutions that are mediocre on an international scale uh-huh. right for triple the price you know yeah. quadruple the price sometimes even more and then we have to compete in a shitty market uh-huh. right um for no money basically you know yeah. what i'm saying like a bare minimum and then you know when we have the opportunity to go abroad and we're like wow like we can make money actually <laughs> i don't have yeah. to eat tuna <laughs> and chips Top for four or five days out of the week and kill myself with mercury poisoning ac- accidentally <laughs> like you know like that's amazing i uh, can afford things so- i can go shopping like all oh my sh- damn this is a whole new life you know so i think when people are actually able to experience that mm-hmm. you know and live that life you know you appreciate it a lot more so i know i do so you were a chips and tuna guy chips and tuna is amazing <laughs> just not four was, or five times out of the week man i was all i was all about the uh uh my uh my my impoverished student food was uh oh geez uh top ramen and frozen peas <sighs> oh yeah fro- frozen peas <laughs> Hey man, with some butter and a little bit of salt and pepper, man, it's yep. pretty good. That's great for yeah. like thirty-seven days straight. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds fucking terrible. Thirty-seven days straight. Oh man, ramen. You know, and ramen. Ramen's cool to have every now and then, but like eating ramen like back to back, it's not. You can eat, even your body is like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You know, your body's like, stop doing this to me, please. <laughs> you know, so and the same thing with tuna. Like, there's, I mean, and again, tuna every now and then is fine. Uh-huh, you know, it's yeah. okay. But just if you're eating it too much, like it's not good at all. That was man. That was one of the first things I did. Like uh, after I graduated, you know, get a little bit of money, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, Top Ramen is dead to me, <laughs> and McDonald's is dead to me. Yes, <laughs> fuck McDonald's. And you know, like <laughs> yeah, dude, seriously, fuck the dollar menu. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. man, like, uh, and yeah, geez, I'm 33 now, and I haven't, I haven't had McDonald's since 
Yeah. Like, well, that's good. I'm I'm the yeah. same way, man. I'm the same way. And pr- pr- plus, there's better fast food out there. Oh yeah, there's way you better know, fast food. McDonald's is not bad. You know. Well, uh, well, okay. I'm gonna say they're not bad. <laughs> they have some good things, but you know, I haven't had McDonald's in a long time. The first time mm-hmm. I had McDonald's in a few years actually was here in Korea. Oh really? My okay. friend, we were in Seoul. We were partying up for uh, New Year's, mm-hmm. and the next morning, well, technically we were up all night, but like the next morning, <laughs> um. He was like, man, I want to go to Mickey D's. And I was like, what the fuck? What do you, why do you guys like love Mickey D's so much? Uh-huh. Um, so I was like, okay, fine. Like, I haven't had Mickey D's in a while. Plus, it would be cool to try it in a different country, right? Uh-huh. So we go to Mickey D's. Lo and behold, it's better <laughs> than Mickey D's in the United States. Like, it's, it's actually better. The service is better, uh-huh. right? The menu is better. And then there, you can actually, they have like a touchscreen menu uh-huh. that you can order yourself. You have like your own, you don't even need to go to the register if you don't want to. So, oh. And I was like, that's cool as shit. And I haven't seen that in the U.S. yet. At least not yet. But there's also just better fast food in the U.S. Chick-fil-A, for one. Oh, yeah. It's a fucking amazing. El like, Pollo Loco. Uh, El Pollo Loco, yeah. Mm. See, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people fake on El Pollo Loco. That place is good. That place is awesome. Yeah. You know, <laughs> for fast food, that place is pretty pretty good. Um, I love that place, man. I, You know, it's funny, too, because I would actually spend the majority of my time, like, in California where my family lives. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. It was always, like, which is by the way, terrible for your health. But like In and Out, El Pollo Loco, <laughs> and uh, Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box. Know, when you're when you're on the go. So, but uh, good old jab in the cocks. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that shit does weird things to your body, man. <laughs> and you know, it's actually interesting too because when I transition uh-huh. from like shitty food, and I've had like a lot of shitty food, uh-huh. you know, to like good food, mm-hmm. and you try to go back to shitty food, your body's like, no. Oh, yeah. No, man. Yeah, Hershey squirts. He got all kinds of fun oh stuff. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. So bad. <laughs> and, you, and the, you know, the food, the food, we have a huge food problem, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, pesticides and herbicides. Oh, it's, it's the, and like, there's, you know, even eating vegetables and shit can sometimes feel bad for you. No, it's like. Especially um, at school, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, it's, it's like, oh, God. Um, I got this, I got this whole thing. Um, I got this whole thing on it. Like, uh, a lot of it is, is like farming subsidies. Yeah. Um fucking corn subsidies man yeah like you know it it's it, it, it's an outrage that it's cheaper to make you know uh apple juice out of corn than it is to make it out of apples yeah it's insane you know it's like it's crazy and we spend we spend like billions and billions of dollars every year on corn subsidies yeah you know and uh yeah i mean i got i got nothing against corn like we should grow it corn's great but yeah many but, uses for corn but, you know, I mean, you know, that's kind of what the market's for. Right. You should sort of like, you know, if people want more corn, they'll buy more corn. Right. You know, I mean, like, why are we paying all these, uh, all this tax money for corn farmers to, you know, so we can have corn apple juice? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's bullshit. I mean, yeah. I mean, and the same thing with the meat industry, you know, and, and that's, um, we have a lot of problems with our meat industry. We have a lot of problems with our vegetable and fruit industry um, that we need to take care of. We have a huge problem with farming in general. Yeah, you know, um, there's not enough people who want to farm, and I get it; it's hard work, and we need to get people into farming. And it would be cool if everybody could do. When I say everybody, I mean like literally every citizen, mm-hmm. because it's important to learn how the food is made, right? And it's important to yeah. grow your own food, and it's because you need it to live. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and nobody, and yeah. everybody wants everybody wants to eat good food, and they want to have good food and stuff like that, and they complain when they don't have it. Yeah, but nobody wants to do the work. Yeah, you know, and I get it's hard work, and it's it's a bitch, right? And people are doing this work is too. bitchy. Yeah, people yeah. are squeamish about it, like, you know, oh, oh, I don't want it. It's dirty. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know? yeah. And like, fuck that, dude. You know, you gotta work for it. You really gotta work for it. You know. <laughs> and I think that I, I think if more people, 
and I've, I've actually developed this mindset when I was working in the restaurant industry uh-huh. because I started from the bottom, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I was, you know, a disher and a busser and then host and then I worked my way up. And what I noticed was I, st- I respected the positions more. I respected the people more, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I moved up yeah. because I was there. I know the work that you did, you know right. what I'm saying, in order to, you know, and I know, and I know the, all this shit that came with it. And I legitimately think that if people actually ex- had those experiences, mm-hmm. right, if they had to work a farm for like a month or whatever or for a couple months, then they would appreciate the work that goes into the food and the food that they have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they would also be more outraged at, the, you know, the herbicides and the pesticides and, you know, the way the meat industry is and et cetera. Um, yeah. that, that needs, and it needs to be taken care of. You know what I'm saying? We also need to stop, in my opinion, we stop forcing nature to do mm-hmm. shit that, we, that it doesn't want to do. <laughs> right, if, if we need to eat what's in season, if it's uh-huh. not in season, suck it up, bitch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If it's yeah. not in season, it's fine. You can you can import it from somewhere else. Yes, uh-huh. you can spend a little bit extra money, uh-huh. but don't force nature to give you something it doesn't want to give you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's like rape. That's essentially that's what rape is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're like raping nature. You know, and I think it's bullshit. So that might be a little excessive. <laughs> but, <laughs> But that's that's pretty much what we're doing because we're like really, we're raping the land, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we're we're trying to for, and we're and we know we're we're <clears throat> not only are we forcing the land to give us what we want, but we're also mm-hmm. giving it all these chemicals that the land does mm-hmm. not want and does not need, right? And there's lots of um, studies that actually correlate like some of the chemicals with uh, people's health, yeah, right. That shit exists. I'm not mm-hmm. making anything up. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We can look it up. There's plenty of stuff out there for people who don't know. So we need to be more cognizant of that, and we also need to like. You'll figure out how we're going to change the food industry, you know, for sure. And other countries do it better. Mm-hmm. Other countries do it better. I've been in countries where, you know, you eat what's in season, period. That's it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, no more, no less. And I, I totally respect that, you know. And, um, and of course, there's subsidies and there's other things that we need to consider as well. Um, but, yeah. And corn, and people people demonize corn, uh-huh. you know. Well, it's because it's cause corn, man, the, the uh, corn's the big one like, yeah. as far as subsidies go. Um, that is a big one, you're right. And the, um, like, another thing you know kind of getting back to the the car guy thing um like another thing that happens with corn is they use it for ethanol right biofuel right and like that's a great idea honestly um you know putting on my putting on my engineer hat um like i honestly think that biofuels if you do them right are probably as good or better an idea than like hybrids and stuff right um but the thing is like you know, that's contingent on doing it right. Right. And doing it right is not corn. Right. Like corn is a really inefficient way to make ethanol. Right. Um, you know, you, you should be using, you should be using sugar cane. Right. Or you should be using, um, sugar cane is the most efficient right now. Um, but like there's also, um, you can also do it with, um, algae. Uh, oh with, yeah, that's right. I yeah, heard they're about trying that. to do it with algae. Yeah. Um, but like that stuff is, that stuff is getting, um, you know that stuff's getting uh, pushed out of the, pushed out of the market because everybody's everybody's spending all this money on uh, you know subsidizing corn ethanol, right? Which is like it's it's so inefficient. it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's so inefficient. It just, yeah, it's so stupid. You know, and there's and again, like we said earlier, there's not, there's nothing wrong with corn, but you shouldn't be using it for like for things that it shouldn't be used for. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, corn can be used in many ways. Like I said earlier, I mean, like um, for like Mexico, for example. Yeah. You know, and like you know how tortillas, for example, mm-hmm. right? Um, very mainstream example because it's easy to understand. Uh-huh. Flour tortillas are not really a common thing, uh-huh. right? It's cor- it's corn tortillas. 
Okay. Nine times out of ten, you're gonna be you're supposed to be eating corn tortillas. It's not flour tortillas, right? right. There's, there's a difference, um, you know. And that's one of the major ways that I believe, um, if I have my information correct, that Mexico uses Mexico uses corn. Yeah. Right. Corn flour. That's what uh-huh. you do. So, you know, if it's used correctly, then it's fine. Oh yeah, you know? corn. On the but you can't. You sh- <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> but you shouldn't be using corn to make apple juice. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know, right. it just doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. why are you doing that shit? So, you know, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm going crazy. Well, the, uh, I was, I was actually like, you were talking about, you're talking about like people, uh, sign up, growing stuff on their own. Like, um, I got this, I got this story. Um, like my, my mom is really into gardening and we used to live out, you know, live out in the middle of the desert and, you know, we have our little, uh, we have our little well and, you know, we live in the middle of nowhere. We got, you know, the nearest neighbors, you know, Jesus quarter mile away. Oh, nice. Um, and so, you know, my mom every year, you know, different, experimenting with different stuff that'll grow out in the desert, you know, a bunch of, you know, cause the soil is kind of weird. It's, you know, decomposed granite. So it's like this, you know, crunchy gravelly stuff. Right. Um, you know, not a whole lot of topsoil, you know, water is a challenge, stuff like that. And, um, you know, we ended up, we ended up discovering that like eggplant grows great and, uh, cantaloupes grow great. And then like butternut squash. Nice. Just butternut go, squash is so good. Oh, butternut squash is amazing. So good. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, we had a lot of butternut squash growing up. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Um and um and it was like when we first started doing this, like we'd get we'd get pretty good pretty good yields. You know, and like I said, like the butternut squash, we we'd have butternut squash five or six times a week. Right. Um, you know, cook it different ways, you know, bake it, yeah. stuff it, yeah, and put it in pasta, all kinds of stuff. Oh yeah. Um and you know, it's 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 literally sixty feet out of the back door, so it's super fresh. Right. You know, um, and this would go, you know, it, it would, it would produce squash two, three months a year mm-hmm. out of the year you know, for a long time. Um, but you know, when it first kind of started, we, we'd lose like half of it to rabbits and right. rats. Right. And <clears throat> yeah. you know, at first we were just like, okay, this is the cost of doing business. Uh, but the, uh, it was kind of funny. Um, we, uh, we, we brought our dogs and at first we had this big dog his name was fred mm-hmm. huge dog like his his head is his head was probably twice the size of mine right you know, not, you know we're talking like 150 160 pound dog damn That's uh a big ass dog we had another dog uh, another dog maybe 60 pounds both of them mutts you know shelter dogs yeah and they would catch a rabbit maybe once a week mm-hmm. once every other week or so you know they kill it they eat it right and we find a rabbit head on the porch or something right <laughs> 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 you know like oh shit okay yeah uh, thanks um, i guess yeah <laughs> and then um and then uh one day we we bought this other dog like this uh um it's not really a purebred but they're called rat terriers mm-hmm. and exactly what they sound like they're 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 bred to kill rat, rodents right uh and it's you know about 20 pounds you know a little psycho terrier dog mm-hmm. and like as soon as we got this dog it was it was like it was like a, a flipping a switch man you walk out in the front yard and it's like the set of a, of a, of a horror movie. Right. Like you got like intestines draped across the lawn. You got like, <laughs> you got like, you know, it's like, there's like, there's like spines. Oh my God. <laughs> spines in the garden. Damn dude. You're always doing business. <laughs> yeah. And like, he was having a field day. <laughs> like it was no longer, um, it was no longer this, this thing of like one rabbit every other week or so. Right. Like it was five or six a day. Oh damn. And, you know, like trying to figure out well, what the hell is going on. So one day I got home from school early and I just sat down outside and watched him. 
And it was like this genius system my dogs had worked out. So like in Nevada, the, the, the predominant plant is called sagebrush. And it's about, you know, foot and a half tall, mm-hmm. smells good, kind of a scraggly brush kind of thing, you know, crunchy. And what the rabbits will do is they'll they'll build their burrows underneath the sagebrush. Okay. And they usually have two exits. You know, the burrows underneath the sagebrush, and they got one exit on one side, one exit on the other side. Right. What was happening is the two big dogs would take the exits, mm-hmm. and then the little dog would go, in. go down inside. No shit. Yeah. And so, like, you know, the rabbit's got a choice. Like, okay, I go out this way and die by the white dog. Mm-hmm. I go out this way, I die by the, the golden dog. Right. Or I stay inside and the little dog kills me. <laughs> Damn, which one would you choose? Which one? Oh. That's a tough one. I'm just curious. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I'd probably go for the yellow one because he was the slowest. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But, uh, like, you know, so I kind of figured out. I was like, oh, okay, that's what the dogs are doing. But um i remember this one day my sister brought her her, her little friend out to the the house and they were gonna play you know they're they're in elementary school and uh i remember i was like sitting out in the backyard reading a book or something and i hear i hear my my mom's car pull up in the in the driveway yeah and my my, my sister and this little girl get out and i hear them giggle and then i hear this like blood curdling scream oh shit like, ah! <laughs> and <laughs> And uh, I was like, oh, shit, you know, what happened? What happened? Somebody hurt. I walk out and like this, this little girl who's pretty obviously a city girl um, is just sitting there like, you know, blood drained out of her face. <laughs> just <laughs> just like looking at all fear. the gore yeah. <laughs> in oh, no, the front yard. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, you know, hey, welcome to the countryside. Yeah, man. That's crazy, man. It's so cool. <laughs> I mean, not the gore and shit, but like, it's cool how your dogs have worked out that system. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, that's the whole point. I mean, do- I mean, obviously animals are not, well, there are some stupid animals, but you mm-hmm. know, dogs specifically, you know, are very intelligent beings, especially if you train mm-hmm. them the right way. So, you know, and, and going back to like our original or my original point mm-hmm. or sorry, a point that I'm making from your story, yeah. you know, what you could have done is you could have done, uh, you could have got like certain pesticides. Yeah. You could have done things to like, you know, keep the, keep the rabbits away and keep mm-hmm. other things away. But instead you get a dog, you get a couple dogs, yeah. bam, bam, done. No rabbit now rabbit. you are yielding higher results. You yeah. know what I'm saying? With the same quality food, you know? And it, um, and of course, naturally you're going to lose some food. I know in farming, you're going to lose some food to, yeah. to, to, um, to pests. to pests and to animals and that's fine you know you shouldn't be losing a lot but you're gonna lose some we, mm-hmm. we know that's a fact that's fine you know but the immediate thing is like oh well just spray it with this and it'll be okay well okay well what's in that spray because there's mm-hmm. a ton of shit in that spray that's not supposed to be consumed by humans right and it's definitely not supposed to be consumed by animals either right animals that we're eating by the way yeah you know so mm-hmm. we're still we're still catching that shit so you know it and you know, I think that people like, and I know efficiency is a thing, mm-hmm. and efficiency kind of comes with consumerism. Right. right, consumerism is never going away. People are going to buy things, of uh-huh. course. Right, overconsuming can be a problem. You right. know, and that's why I was saying earlier by eating what's in season. Right, mm-hmm. you should, if you want to eat what's in season, that's the way. I mean, sorry, if you want to eat what's not in season. That's fine, mm-hmm. okay? But you might have to pay a higher price for it. And you should. Right, and you should. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You totally should. But just because you want, you know, whatever, I don't know, mangoes every day, mm. um, 
doesn't mean that you know you can eat mangoes every day. It's right. it's not how it works all the time. You know, and you can't you shouldn't force nature to give you something that is not going that is not naturally going to give you because then you're eating a product that's mm. not going to be good for your body because it wasn't good for the earth that planted. I mean that you know that it grew from. Right. So and I think people don't realize that they just want like I always I want this I want this I want this I want this that's fine. Well, I want a lot of things too, bitch. But you know yeah exactly you either got to pay for it or two yeah. you know uh, wait for it you know yeah. what I'm saying. And I think uh, I also think that people, if they realize that they're actually damaging themselves by always wanting, you know, yeah. um, the things that they, you know, they crave for, um, which is, again, not a bad thing. But, uh-huh. you know, you just got to chill out a little bit, you know. And I think I also think that, <laughs> man, I'm not being coherent right now, but I also think that if people realize like, hey, like I can wait a week for mm-hmm. this mango. Yeah. Or I can eat this mango now, uh-huh. right? But if I eat this mango now, I have the chance of, one, shitting a lot, two, uh-huh. getting a, a <laughs> disease that might affect me 10 years from now, yep. you know, and et cetera, et cetera. You know what I'm saying? What are you going to do? You're going to wait a week. That's right. what you're going to do, like a smart yeah. person would. So, you know, there's, uh, man, when it comes to certain subjects, I have this problem, man. When it comes to certain subjects, there's so many things that go in my head yeah. that it's very hard for me to, like, <laughs> to build, like, a clear and concise, you uh-huh. know, argument or, like, make a point. Plus, I'm still a little hungover. So that's <laughs> but granted, uh, granted, because I remember I was talking to my godfather and he was like, yeah, you know, there seems to be a common theme of you drinking on your show with your guests. <laughs> I'm like, well, it just happens that way, you know, it and it's happens, not even, and it's not even me. Now it's me offering. Uh, OK, but before I wasn't even I wasn't even offering it. It just kind of came up. Right. Uh, um, so then I was like, OK, that's cool. So it's flipped this time. Uh, I'm not drinking. I drank last night, <laughs> and it just so happens that I'm a little hungover now. Yeah. But it's okay. It's going away. Well, that was actually, so. like, the the reason I brought up the dog story is, like, I was kind of, I was thinking about, you know, these people, you know, people, like, learning to appreciate where stuff comes from. Right. And, you know, like, that, that city girl, you know, I mean, it, it's funny, and I had fun laughing at her. But, you know, the other side, too, is, like, you know, people have this idea that, you know, oh, yeah, you know. My, uh, my meat, my meat, it comes from like this, this like super clean place. And there's like guys in lab coats right? <laughs> and you know, oh, and my, my vegetables, you know, they're like, you know, they're, they're grown in this sterile environment. Like, right. no man, you know, it, you know, people need to like people, you know, man, life is dirty. Yeah, it's true. You know, they, you know, they grow your organic vegetables in hung in deep, you know, uh, heaps of dung. It's true. You know, and yeah. that, like, that's how it works. Yeah. You know? And, uh. And I'm it's not, not just animal dung either. Yeah, sometimes. It's, it's a lot. Sometimes it's human dung. Man, my, that my, other, uh, I know uh, certain yeah civilizations do that. Like did that a long time ago, no, no, and they no, still do, do it today. Like my, my grandfather, my grandfather worked at a sewage treatment plant. Right. And like literally, when you crap, your 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 excrement right. goes to a sewage treatment plant, and uh, they blast it with UV rays, right. and they dry it out, right, and then they sell it to uh, they sell it to farmers. There you go. And like. You know, I mean, that sounds disgusting, but... Cycle of life, baby. Yeah, it, it, you know, <laughs> and would you rather waste it? Yeah, you no, know? hell no. Yeah. Right. Um, And it, it, you know, and, you know, so I, I think, like, you know, I think I think the, the super-duper convenient, you know, super-duper convenient, yeah, I can buy mangoes in Alaska in December, you know, that's, you know, that that's part of the problem, but, like, the other part of the problem is just people are so damn squeamish. That's true. You know? Yeah, I agree. And uh, which is why I said earlier, they need to get their hands dirty. Yeah, they need to get their hands I, dirty. I think I, I I really strongly believe that everybody, every single person, uh-huh. should have to do a uh, certain work in their life. You know, yeah. it's in order for them to really appreciate it. You know, and and to really understand the process that goes behind it, and kind of you know take that oh that's dirty and I can't do this and like no bitch you can you're a human being. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I think we need to get rid of that stigma that's there for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and people like people think, you know, in my experience, people are so much tougher than they think they are. Yeah, true. You know, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you, you know, our ancestors lived through the Middle Ages, man. I know, man. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like people can handle a lot more stuff than they go through today. Yeah, it's true. You know, uh, we, we weakened over time, actually. Yeah. And that scientifically, like, yeah, uh, I read an article. You know what, man? I always say I read an article. I need to, like, start, like, remembering these articles. <laughs> the thing is, like, I read so much uh-huh. that I don't remember all the minute details. Well, that's a good problem to have, man. Uh, I don't know, man. Because <laughs> maybe people are thinking that I'm bullshitting, you know? Like, this motherfucker always reads an article but doesn't remember anything about it. Um, but, no, it, the article, it was a scientific article. Um, uh-huh. I'm sorry. I don't I'm, I don't remember the source, but, you know, maybe you can Google it. And it was talking about how humans now, right? Mm-hmm. modern times have weakened right our bone structures are not as strong um our physically speaking we're not the same as we were built a long time ago and that's pretty much based off of you know technology is one mm-hmm. of them um but also just general laziness yeah you know just general laziness we're not we're not doing as much we're spending more time you know playing games which i am guilty of of course um you know and uh smartphones of course and we have tv and other forms of entertainment where we sit longer instead of we're actually instead of being up and about um and doing things so we have physically weakened over time for sure um that's not a bad thing per se you know because we're now we're living longer Uh right we're living longer generally speaking we're living healthier um you know uh, and when i say we i mean as humans yeah Uh, so we're living longer we're living healthier right we're living with not as much danger which is great but it's kind of like a you know a give and take system yeah i mean i I, that's actually um that's actually something i i okay this is kind of a korea thing like it's a problem in the u.s but i think it's even more of a problem here in korea is like you know yeah you know you should you should be civilized you should be you know you you should hold doors for old ladies and stuff like that like i I get that i'm not i'm not trying to bash that you know you should you should be polite but you know the thing is man we're animals right you know and you know we're not we're not made we're not made to sit in luxury and you know have we're not we're not you know we're not built to sit in front of a tv with an air conditioning blasting in our backs right you know and you know i i feel like um i feel like some of the best stuff that ever happened to me like in my life is is you know stuff that's a little bit dangerous right you know stuff that's dirty yeah um you know and you know it's like i'll tell you a story like okay um i've always been into sports i've always liked sports and like through elementary school, high school, like I thought I was, you know, a decent, you know, I'm like, I'm a decent athlete. I'm okay. And then, but you know, if I ever get out and like, if I ever get out and like, I deal with like real athletes, mm-hmm. man, I'm screwed. Right. You know, these people are just going to kill me. And, uh, I remember, I remember, uh, trying out for football freshman year of high school. And it was the first day we put on pads. And this dude who lined up across me—that's fun. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> you that, know what I'm talking I about. I know that feeling when everybody gets their pads and like, oh yeah. shit. Yep, first day of pads. It's man. about to go down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Continue. And you know, I remember, uh, I remember the first guy. So it was a like the first drill we did was like this sideline tackling drill. Yeah. Um. So you're supposed to like trap the guy in the sideline and tackle him, either knock him out of bounds or tackle him. Right. And the dude they lined me up against is 
uh actually he's still my friend um this guy is like six two mm-hmm. and like well over 300 pounds right at the time i was uh i was five nine and about a buck 90 right and i remember i remember being scared you know like this guy's man this guy this guy might hurt me right and you know and the whistle started and just like something inside my head kind of just just like you know and i said fuck it if i get hurt i get hurt right and i went and I nailed him. Nice. I nailed him. I depleted the guy. Nice. You know, watched him bounce across the floor. And I got up and I was like, you know, shit, I don't need to be afraid. Right. Like there's, there's, I don't need to be afraid. Um, and I don't, I don't think, I don't think that can happen in like a self-esteem session. Right. Or, you know, through the power of positive reinforcement or something. Like the reason that happened is because it was dangerous. Right. You know, it had to be dangerous. Um, you know, and I mean, like there was a price to be paid. Like, you know, I, you know, I blew up my knee several times. Uh, you know, I broke arms, you know, I, I, uh, you know, so I mean like, and, you know, so it's not, it's not free, but like through that process, you know, I broke my arm and I, I looked down at it and like, okay, wow, this really hurts. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, damn, I'm losing consciousness, but you know, and yeah, that hurts. But the flip side of it is. Like I've been there. I know I can handle it. Right. Like it's not. I don't. I don't think I can handle it. I've been there. I know I can handle it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it it. And you know, like, what are the long term consequences? You know, yeah, my knee pops sometimes. You know, BFD, man. Right. You know, um, <laughs> BFD, man. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I shouldn't cuss. Uh, big fucking deal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was just like, who said you couldn't curse? I mean, <laughs> I've been cursing this whole time. <laughs> I see. You want to be uh, better than me. I got it. I yeah. Got it. I've had a couple of guests who don't curse at all, actually. Yeah. I heard, so, I heard your one with Leonard. Yeah. He doesn't curse. Yeah. He doesn't curse at all. Yeah. yeah. Good. He's a good guy right there, man. Uh, um, but yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. But you know, I mean, and, and like here in Korea, especially, man, I've got, I've met so many people who have like, you know, they're, they're 20 years old and like they've never broken a bone. Right. I'm like, man, how is that even possible? Yeah. Like I've, Jesus, I've broken like, Seven eight, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know that's a lot, dude. Jesus, you know, or like, uh, you know, Jesus. I had I had this one. I was I was teaching this one girl uh, back in the middle school. Man, she was afraid of butterflies. Mm. Really, like that's interesting. Like what 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 the hell sort of life leads you to be afraid of fucking butterflies? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's, <laughs> that's that must have been some real peaceful life right there. Yeah, that is you know, and like you're not helping people with that, man. You're just you know, you're making them, yeah. you're just making people fragile. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a problem. And, and I think that uh, we need to get down and dirty. Sometimes it's necessary. And like you said, we are animals yeah. or mammals, I guess, to be exact. Um, <laughs> so, you know, sometimes we need to get down and dirty. And I, and I think for certain things, like I said earlier, we, we totally need to do it. You know, we need to suck it up and just, and, and go for it. So, and that also goes in with um, education. You know, mm-hmm. experiential learning specifically, you know, that yeah. you were doing with your middle school students. That's very important. And it's not just um, it's important everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because you can sit in the classroom, you can learn millions of things and that's fine. But if you're not applying them, then you're really not learning them completely. Right. right? And I think that um, that's one of the problems that we have nowadays, especially with higher education people, mm-hmm. is that we're not, you know, Sometimes we can't get an internship or, you know, sometimes the internships are one, not paid, which sucks, right? <laughs> yep. Sometimes people need to work. And I mean, um, 
in order to make money, in order to live, right? So they're not uh-huh. able to do an internship if they're not paid, for example. Um, so that that goes in one and the same. Um, and then there's also other reasons how we're why we're not able to apply, right? And what's the number one problem that people talk about um, when they're applying for a job, right? You don't have enough experience. You don't have enough experience, bitch. Yep. How do you want me to get the experience? That's why I'm trying to work, right? <laughs> like, what kind of experience yeah. did you want me to have, or before coming into this job, right? This is an entry level yeah. job. I'm supposed to be getting the experience here. The problem is, though, is that we're supposed to be getting that experience in school, uh-huh. but we're not getting that experience in school. Not everybody, at least. Some departments are better, obviously, like the nursing departments and most yeah. schools, I would argue, you know, get practical experience because that's what you need in order to really do that job effectively. Well, that's another problem, man, is like, like higher education, like, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to stereotype too much, right. but like the ivory tower, man, you know, like that, that's not, that stereotype is not made out of nothing. Right. You know, I mean... And, and, and yeah, like you get, you get, uh, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that higher education prepares people for a career it particularly doesn't. well. Yeah, it, it doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, it really doesn't. And actually I talked to Nick about this, um, mm-hmm. cause I had a, I, I really do want to impl- implement this idea one day. I don't know how I want to do it, but I want to have like a five-year program. I want to mm-hmm. have my own university. Mm-hmm. I want to have a five-year program, right? You learn a trade, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you get a degree in something else like business or engineering or whatever the fuck. You learn mm-hmm. a language, yeah. right? You study abroad. Uh-huh. Um, and then while you are studying abroad, um, and of course you have internships like during the summers. Right. Paid. Yeah. Right. I don't, I don't understand this concept, especially this, you know, being in America, uh-huh. being in America, right? Yeah. Where we're like, we're working for free is okay, <laughs> right? You know, it, it makes no fucking sense at all. I, I know I used to work when I was 14 years old and I made money. Uh-huh. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So now you want to hire a college student who's 20, 21 years old, who knows significantly more than a 14 year old and is actually trying to learn more in their field and you don't want to pay them anything? You want it to be free labor? Yeah. You know, like, pay them something, man. Jesus. Yeah. So- Anyways, um, damn, what was my point? <laughs> Shit, I don't even remember. But anyways, like the you know, it's it's very important that you know we get this practical experience because it is important, mm-hmm. you know. And like you said, we're not doing it enough. Yeah. And that's what I was saying. Like I, I before I remember, like that. Oh, that's the kind of school that I want to have. Yeah. You know what I'm saying that's the kind of school that I really want to have. And think about that. Imagine doing five years, mm-hmm. right? Five years. You come out of school. You know a trade. You have your mm-hmm. degree. You know a language. You have studied abroad experience, right? And you also have practical experience in that trade, at your school, right. in your area, and in another place. Yeah. Because you're getting different types of skills, right? Uh-huh. Some things are done everywhere, and that's fine. But some things, uh-huh. some people do things differently in other countries. Let's let's take blacksmith, blacksmithing for example, right? right? So if you do blacksmithing in America, you might use certain methods or skills. And certain materials that are common to us, mm-hmm. right? But um, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be the same in Japan, for example, right? right? Or right. Uh, in Scandinavian countries, for example, you know? So when you get that experience, you know, it's in, it allows people to be more creative. It allows people to be more open to ideas and to materials, and they're not just stuck in this one area. Um, so when you come, by the time you finish that school, uh-huh. you know, that my, my future school, um, you're going to be a fucking beast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you should be compensated handsomely for that. Yeah. Five years of hard work, hard, solid work. Yeah. And you're coming out with practical experience. You're coming out with a language. You're coming out with a degree. You are good to go. And that's how school should be. Yeah, you know, man, that's like, how all schools should be, in my opinion, yeah. or at least something similar to that. I, I agree. Like, um, and I think I think a big part of that is like, um, you know, I, I, yeah, I completely agree. Like, people should be getting work experience. Like, I think a language is a great, <laughs> great thing. Yeah. Like, um, you know, especially here in Korea, man. Like, I'd I'd say 
half of the opportunities I get, honestly, probably more than that, more than half the opportunities I get is being a foreigner who speaks Korean. Right. You know, and like, and, and like, that's big stuff, dude. That's like, um, yeah, that's, that's how I got my publishing contract. Right. Like that's how, um, it's a big part of why I got my job at, at the university I'm working at right now. Yeah. You know I mean, like that's huge. You know, people, if, yeah, if you can get a second language, man, it's, it's invaluable. It's money. You know, and, and not only invaluable in the international market and uh-huh. maybe even the domestic market. Oh yeah. Um, but it's also invaluable for you. Uh, what's the best way to put this? It makes you uh, mentally. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say mentally. <laughs> yeah, mentally. Like you are. Like I, there's been research saying that like uh-huh. people who study second languages and speak second languages, like their brain functions, uh, you know, in different ways, in different ways, in better ways. Yeah. Right. Well, it's, so it's I'm like, not, and I'm not, you know, I'm not claiming like a superiority complex thing or like and a superiority type, you know, thing here. Mm-hmm. Superiority stance. Sorry. I mean, I know you're not either, but. You know, there there are studies and research that indicates, hey, yes, people who do speak second languages or other languages besides their native language are indeed more intelligent, you know what I'm saying, yeah. and can see the world in different ways. And also, you know, are more, uh, use more ingenuity, you know, and just do a lot of things that are, you know, very beneficial for you. So, and we, there's no lack of languages. Right. You know, there's <laughs> Lots of languages in the world. There's <laughs> tons of languages you can learn, so there's no excuse. And the way that we have technology today, mm-hmm. you know, um, they, it's easy, easy easy to learn a language to even start begin learning a language is not difficult at all so yeah. there's no excuse none you know yeah. to why we're not doing this yeah no it's uh like the language stuff man yeah it's you know i mean think about it, like kind of just mechanically what goes into speaking the second language and it doesn't matter what, what language it is yeah you know it is you know one of the biggest things that goes into being an intelligent person is being able to approach uh something from multiple angles right and you know, I mean, what is speaking two different languages? Well, it's being able to say the same thing in two different ways, right. at least two different ways. Right. Practically, it's many more than two yeah, different ways. Yeah, way more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, way more, depending on what the sentence is, for sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I completely agree. But like, you know, kind of going back to your, you know, your, your practical higher education thing, like, um, I'm going back to, I'm going back to my undergrad, um, I majored in journalism and I had a minor in sociology Mm -hmm. Uh, and like, I remember, um, you know, just, just the, like my, my journalism school was actually, was actually really good. Mm -hmm. Um, they were, they had their stuff together. Oh, mostly. Um, but, uh, no program is perfect. (laughs) Yeah. No program is perfect, but yeah, like they mostly had their stuff together. Yeah. But I remember, I remember like just the, um, just this like the amazing homogeneity of my sociology department right and like it was it was it was it was like shocking like okay first off um there were there was nobody who had experience you know like okay so if you get a sociology major what are you gonna do Mm -hmm. you're gonna do like field studies you might end up in social work right you know you might um you might end up you know in advertising Mm -hmm. or something like that there was nobody of that description. Literally nobody in the department had ever done that. Really? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so like they were all like all of them were career academics. Yeah. Which is insane. Like, you know, how unless you're going to be a career academic, these people are worthless as connections once you graduate. Right. You know, and then like even just on like a purely intellectual level, um, everybody like literally everyone in that department was a Marxist. Hmm. Like, 
And, you know, hey, I, I have nothing, you know, like people should learn about Marxism. I get it. You know, it's a big important thing. You know, you should learn different ways of approaching the world. But, you know, how many people in the world are actually Marxists? Maybe one, two percent. Right. <laughs> and why is the entire damn department full of Marxists? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. You know, you need to have way more people in there. Yeah. I mean, there are way more uh, viewpoints. Yeah, viewpoints. You know, and, and I mean, like, I, I would have even been OK if if. I don't know. It was like, yeah, the, uh, I, I have a problem with the Academy, man. Like they, the, the, the sort of like just lack of viewpoint diversity, mm-hmm. um, I think is really poisonous. And then just like the lack of, of people like industry people, like there should be industry people like rotating in and out yeah. of, of these departments, you know? I mean, if you wanted to have like a rotating, you know, industry for a semester guy, right. like, that'd be great. You know, it's true. You're, um, you're right. Cause you need that in there. You yeah. Know? So if nothing else, it's a connection when you graduate. Absolutely. Like if, you, if you impress this guy, maybe he'll hire you. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Career academics too. That's, that's a whole, it's a whole different ball game. Um, yeah. yeah. And you're right. I mean, there, there needs to be, there needs to be other people who are representing, um, um, different perspectives and also different experience, right? Because mm-hmm. being a career academic is fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Yeah. But, you know, you want to have people who have been in the field and who have done field work, you know, who can come and share those experiences and, you know, not only share those experiences, but transfer, mm-hmm. you know, transmit those experience, experiences to other people, to students who are also going to be in the field. Not everybody's going to be a career academic. Very not, few people are going to be career academics. <laughs> right. And not everybody, <laughs> and I don't, you know, I don't, you know, I feel bad for them because yeah. I don't want to be a career academic. That shit sounds terrible. <laughs> um, you know, but like, that's very important. It's uh-huh. very important that we're, that we're doing that, you know, that we would be able to do that. So, you know, hopefully that your, your department has changed since then. Oh, cause that's what I was going to say earlier. Like not everybody's going to be a Marxist either. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, you might even produce anti-Marxists, you know what I'm saying? But by, by simply having like a program that's based purely around that, yeah. unless you truly feel that way. Um, but you might get up with people like, well, that's good, but what about the other way? You yeah. Know? And pe- and that's what that's the whole, one of the whole points of being in colleges, like being mm-hmm. able to explore. You should be able, you to, know, yeah. universities, universal, right? Yeah. Universal things. Yeah. Um, you know, it stems from that, right? You're supposed to be able to ex- um experience and try and uh, learn a lot of different things. It's not just one thing. So if you are going to call yourself a university and you're going to call yourself like a sociology department, then you need to, of course, incorporate everything that happens in sociology. Right. And you're not going to be able to, you know, ma- master every every one of your students and every single thing. But mm-hmm. at least they know about it. You know right. what I'm saying? At least they know about it. They can study it on their own. They can develop their own perspectives instead of you essentially brainwashing them to, you know, and, and indoctrinating them to be Marxists. Yeah. And that's know? exactly what it was, man. It was indoctrination. And like, um, and, and like, I, yeah, um, it's like I kind of I kind of compare them to um, the best teacher I ever had. Uh, the guy's name was Doctor McNew, mm-hmm. amazing guy. Um, actually, it, it's kind of funny. Like I remember, uh, you know, we were talking about like fear a little bit before. Yeah, um, this guy scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> like nice. uh, I remember, like the first day of class. You know, I'm, I'm super proud of myself. So I'm like, I'm in the honors. Cl- program you know nice. yeah. yeah hell yeah hell yeah i'm in the honors program bitch and uh you know i remember i walked into the class and i sat down and dr mcnew comes in and he's like he's like he's hunchback mm-hmm. he's like 70 years old um he's got like his his hairline starts about where his ears are right 
Um, and he manages to make that even more severe looking because he like gels his hair straight back. Uh, <laughs> um, he looks kind of like Hannibal Lecter. Right. <laughs> um, you know, and huh. he's like, he's walking around the class. He's like sucking his teeth. He's like, mm-hmm. oh shit. And that's like, scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and he, and he like, he like, he sort of walks around the class a couple times. He makes his way up to the front and, uh, he looks at us and he goes, you know, he goes, I see. I see you've brought me the cream of the crap. Oh, <laughs> damn. And I remember thinking, like, I'm like, oh, this guy's a hard ass. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, this is gonna, this guy's gonna be a hard ass. Yeah. Um, and he was. Like, it was, um, I've never worked so hard. I never worked so hard for a teacher in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and like, it, Jesus, I had him, I had him for four semesters total. Um, I actually didn't get a compliment out of the guy until my third semester you know and like and when i finally got that compliment it was like wow you know, damn i earned that you know i earned that and um i remember like his approach was just so different from like that that indoctrination stuff because like i would get in trouble some of the stuff i got in trouble for so um he uh he taught us um oh geez um yeah okay we we read uh sartre uh, jean paul sartre yeah and you know great, great philosopher yeah great philosopher you know existentialist guy um you know we read that and if i couldn't make a convincing enough argument for why sartre was right mm-hmm. you know i got my ass chewed right but then we turn around and we we read like we read like these these older guys we read like you know saint augustine nice or something like that you know and you know, uh, I don't know how much your audience is familiar with these two, but like, it's pretty hard to, it's pretty hard to reconcile Jean-Paul Sartre and St. Augustine. Right. You know, like they're pretty much as far apart as we can get, you know, and if it was an indoctrination class, you know, it'd be something like, oh, well, defend Sartre because he's awesome mm-hmm. and like crap on St. Augustine because he sucks. Um, But like with, with this teacher, with Dr. McNew, it was, it was completely different. If I can't defend Sartre well enough, like... I'm not getting a good grade. Right. And then we turn around. The next thing we read is, is St. Augustine. And if I can't argue for St. Augustine well enough, I'm not going to get a good grade. Right. Like, and it was, um, it was just, it was kind of like, it was revelatory for me. You know, it was this guy who, who said, I don't care what you think. I care how you think. Right. Like, I don't, your, your conclusion is immaterial. I don't give a shit. Right. How did you get there? Um, and like, you know, even, you know, even to this day, you know, I, I still, I still, you know, I still talk to Dr. McNew. Hey, thank you. You know, I couldn't have done this without you. This is, you know, you inspired me to, um, you know, my books, man. Like I, I would never have started writing books if not for him. Right. You know, and it's, yeah, it, it's this, the, you know, there's so much, there's so much power in a good education, like an intellectually honest education. Um, it's just, it's such a powerful thing and it, it pisses me off when people try to make it into like these, these simplistic morality tales right? or like these, you know, indoctrination. Cause like, you know, it's, uh, it's like, it's so, it's like, it's like listening to a missionary, you know? Oh, I don't care. You know, just, you have to believe this. You have to believe that, you know, X, Y, Z, you just have to believe it. As long as you believe it, you know, it's fine. I don't care how you get there. Right. 
Like to me, that's just, that's so dishonest. It's such a waste of time. Um, you know, and like when I think of my, my sociology department at UNR, like that's how I think of it. Mm. You know, it was, it was this, it was, you know, it, honestly, it was a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you, man. So that's interesting. You know, it's very interesting. And it's good that you had that experience, like you said, because it shaped who you are. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And and like your teacher said, it's like, I don't care what you think, care how you think. Right. And how you think is very important. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's that's what most people should be learning, like how to think. Right. And I think some schools do it. You know, I think there are a lot of schools who are able to do it and some people do it effectively. Um, but not every not every institution, you know, Im- implements that that way of thinking. Um, which is unfortunate and that could be on the institution it could be on the teachers it could be you know, there's plenty of blame to be you know that is, that could be you know utilized but it doesn't matter you know what i'm saying like like let's not point fingers let's just mm-hmm. fix it yeah you know and that's and that's what we need to do so um you mentioned earlier too kind of backtracking a little bit mm-hmm. that you worked for a newspaper oh yeah yeah, yeah. how was that because i know you said the pay was garbage but you but it was good <laughs> experience though from what i understand yeah it was um uh it was uh it started off as an internship. Okay. Um, and I just did it through my, my junior, senior years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, sometimes when I go back to the, the States, um, if I'm there for a while, I'll pick up a, a freelance job or two. Nice. Uh, with the same the same paper. It was, yeah, man, it was fun. Like, you want to talk about meeting people from different walks of life. <laughs> you know. That's where it's at. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it was it was fun stuff, man. Like, um. And it, it was also fun. Like the editor in chief, uh, for some reason he decided, uh, he decided that I was his guy for weird stuff mm-hmm. and for music. Okay. Um, <laughs> which is like weird stuff I get cause I'm into weird stuff, but like the music stuff, um, I, I don't know how to play an instrument. Right. Like I'm not, I, I've never, I, I never had any like history of music. Like I appreciate music, but I'm, I'm kind of an ignoramus about it. Right. Um, but yeah, he, he put me on like the, the music beat. So I had to kind of educate myself about music. Right. Um, and it was really fun, man. Like, um, and they gave me a lot of freedom to kind of go crazy. Uh, so like, I remember, uh, um, I remember they, they asked me to do, uh, they asked me to do this, this story on like, on bars, like campus bars. Yeah. You know, what's the best place to go during finals and stuff. Nice. And, uh, um, <clears throat> I wrote the article and I looked at it and I was like, this shit's boring. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Oh, you should go here because the lighting is really nice and they have, uh, you know, and the service is prompt and, you know, uh, you know, man, chicken wings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I'm going to sleep looking at it. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I called up my editor and I was like, Hey man, you know, can I, can I kind of go crazy with this? He was like, sure. Um, so I rewrote it as like, I rewrote it in like the style of the Iliad. <laughs> That's interesting, <laughs> you know. And I made like I made my friend like the heroic, the her, the you know the uh, the heroic character, right? And who, you know, who was it? Per- Perseus, the Perseus? Oh, Odysseus. No. Odysseus. Odysseus. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um. So you know, uh, uh, I made it like this Homeric epic style, and you know, oh, it was so much fun. You know, like, um, you know, alas, our hero, our hero laments his his lack of of edible chicken wings. <laughs> renting his hair and tearing his garments <laughs> you know and uh you know it's it just like it was super fun That's um, great. you know i got I, <laughs> so yeah i wrote i wrote a, a a bar guide like in homeric style nice. um 
you know, which is super fun. Dude, like, that's awesome, man. Yeah. They, and it's uh, different. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. different. And I think people like that, you know? Yeah. It was, you know, and there's, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of people who just kind of like the traditional, like, I want just give me the shit that I need to know. Uh-huh. Right. But also in order to not get bored, you know, do something a little bit different and read something a little bit different, you might enjoy it. And yeah. it's good that you got that freedom too. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was, it was fun. Like, um, another thing they, um, another thing they did, uh, they actually, they, they sent me, um, they sent me ghost hunting. Mm. Uh, with these guys who were like ghost hunters. That's interesting. And <laughs> <laughs> how was that experience? Uh, it was a trip, dude. <laughs> I bet. Uh, yeah. So like that one was that one was also really fun because you know I'm trying I'm trying not to prejudge these people. Yeah. I'm trying to make a good story. Um, and I figure like okay, well, what are the two ways that I can make this story awful? Okay, way number one is I can just be like. You guys are superstitious idiots and shut up and, you know, fuck you. And, right. Um, you know, because I just, you know, okay, that, that turns into screed and I don't want to read screed. Right. Um, and then uh, the other way is, is like, if I went like totally hippy dippy and like, you know, oh man, like, you know, the spirits were overcoming me and like, <laughs> you know, I could like feel this, you know, the ghost of the past and he was like in my colon or something, right. you know, <laughs> he was in my colon. <laughs> You know, if that's like, not a goddamn quote, <laughs> that needs to be a famous quote. That needs to be a meme. <laughs> yeah, I got spiritually sodomized by the spirit of uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, spiritually sodomized. I like yeah. it. Uh, so, um, like that one was that one was was actually pretty fun. Um, I ended up, uh, so I tried to like I tried to approach it kind of of two minds, right? So like on an emotional level, I tried to make myself completely credulous. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm just gonna believe everything right. they say. Yeah, of course. Um, and then like kind of on an intellectual level, uh, I'm like I'm like trying to keep track of okay, well, what is the stuff that's sort of like you know how am I being suggested? Right. You know, like what is the suggestions that's going on? Um, and and it was like it was kind of a like, it was it was kind of a fun set of like mental gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Is like okay, well, emotionally I'm just gonna go with it. Right. Uh, but intellectually I got to keep track of like okay, you know what's you know, what, 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 you know, what are the things that are making me suggestible? You know, what are the things that, you know, about this situation that would make me, you know, more likely to see a ghost. Right. And, uh, yeah, man, it turned out, it turned out being, um, really interesting. Like, uh, so here, uh, I'll just, I'll tell you the story in the two different ways. I'll tell you the, the story, like on an emotional level first, and then I'll tell you kind of how I backed up and sort of my rational you know, put on my rational hat. Right. Okay. So like the emotional side of the story is I'm meeting these guys at a, uh, at a bar next to a graveyard. Okay. And, <laughs> nice. uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> and, you know, and, uh, you know, before, a, a proper way to meet each other for yeah, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, they show me some pictures on their, on their, uh, okay. Let me back up. So, um, you know, I pull up, uh, I was riding a motorcycle feeling like a badass. Uh, pulled up on the motorcycle, got off, and like the first thing I notice is like it's it's very much dusk, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, dusk, um, very much dusk, and it's like it's starting to get dark, and you know, I, I this the streetlights, you know, it's those like yellow sodium streetlights, right, and like sort of the world is kind of constricting, and you know, it's like you got these little islands of this kind of sickly looking yellow light, and everything else is black, and you really can't see that well, yeah. And you know, like, oh, this is kind of spooky. Okay, all right. 
And then I go and they show me stuff on the laptop and they're taking pictures and like there's there's like these floating white things behind uh, behind them. And they're like, oh, that looks like a ghost. Or like there's there's one of them that looked like, uh, you know, like the cloud when you see like the volcano eruptions. Yeah. Like the cloud of ash and stuff. Yeah, of course. It looks kind of like that. Oh. And then you got like this scary demon face. No in shit. In the middle of it. Huh. Um, like behind some guys like, oh, this shit's scary, man. Yeah. Um, and they play me some recordings that they got and, oh man, like, you know, that sounds like a voice, man. That sounds, uh, sounds pretty scary. Or there was another one where, uh, they showed me a picture and there was this, uh, this like, there was kind of a, the, the, the background was, was slightly lit up Mm -hmm. just like stars and moonlights and stuff. And there's like this perfect, like Christian cross of like absolute blackness. Hmm. You know, just like randomly in the picture, it's like, oh wow, this is scary. Okay, right. Huh. So you know, I'm, they're, and they're, they're like, they're kind of getting me in the mood. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, they're like building up their like, anticipation, <laughs> right? Like, oh wow, okay, you know, right. and, and like, give me more, give me more, give me more. You know, and yeah. I feel my heartbeat starting to go up. And, yeah, and uh, so we head out to the graveyard, walk out to the graveyard, and uh, and this this graveyard is like derelict as all hell, right. And he got broken graves. So we set out this uh, voice recorder and we start taking pictures because the ghosts show up better on flash. Right. And uh, so I'm, I'm walking around doing what they're doing, taking pictures, click, click. And there's this one great grave. And every time I go by it, man, I get cold. Like I get seriously cold. Really? Um, hmm. I'm like, Ooh, man, that's okay. creepy. That's creepy. Yeah. It's creepy as all hell. And, uh, and you know, um, you go into the other corners of the gra- uh, the graveyard, and you know, you just sort of like, you know, I can, it's like something's like kneading my guts. You know, it's like it feels like somebody's, uh, you know, got their fingers inside my, inside my, uh, my 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 stomach cavity, and they're just like, you know, squeezing on my intestines and stuff. Right. And it's creepy. It's creepy. And then, um, you know, we, we walk around the the graveyard for a couple hours, and finish up, and then. You know, look at our pictures and listen to the recording. And we picked something up on the recording. And it was next to that grave that was making me feel cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, uh, I'm going to try to do the voice. Hang on one second. So it was, it was like, get out! Like that. Really? Yeah. Damn. Um, and I was like, oh shit, man, this is scary stuff. And maybe I, you know, maybe I get, I get what these guys are going for. Uh, and we took a picture and like one of the pictures, um, one of the other guys took a picture of my back mm-hmm. and there's like this white floaty thing right behind me. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh shit. You know, what's that man? Wow. What's that? So like on an emotional level, it was creepy as all hell. Right. Um, it was, it was totally creepy. Okay. So let's go back and I'm gonna put on my rational hat. Right. <laughs> um, so I, I took notes of, I took notes of like what I could do to change the experience. Okay. And some of the stuff I noticed, um, first, anytime I looked up, I felt better. Mm-hmm. So if I'm looking down at the ground and I'm looking at the graves or I'm looking at uh, a gravestone, you know, I've got that, like, I've got that, like, you know, something's twisting my guts feeling. Right. Um, if I look up, it's gone. Like I look out over the skyline, see the casinos and stuff. Yeah, I feel fine. Okay, so it's kind of like a psychological thing. 
Yeah, it okay. was, you know, it, it's, um, and I think it was just like, it was like kind of like breaking the, uh, you know, the pattern of suggestion. Yeah. Um, another thing that would break it, traffic. Mm. Like whenever a car drove by. Right. I'm done. Right. Like, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, okay. All right. You know, so what's going on there? And then, um, another thing I noticed, another thing I noticed, like the voice recording, um, I made a point, like we all sat down and listened to the voice recording and I wrote down what I thought it said and didn't show anybody else. Really? And then (coughs) the other dudes were listening to it and they were like, they were like trying to figure out, okay, what did he say? Oh, he said, ah, ah, he said, go away. Right. And then you play it again. Oh, it's like crystal clear. Go away. Mm-hmm. Well, I looked at my little notebook and me independently, I thought it said I'm awake. Mm, okay. And I was like, mm, okay. Right. You know, yeah. And it was. Uh, so they heard what kind of like what they wanted to hear maybe, or they may well have heard that. They did. Yeah. But like, um, like I don't think the dudes were lying. Yeah. I don't think they're faking it. Um, no, no. But I'm saying like, um. You know, sometimes if you're like if you are ghost hunting, for example, you're uh-huh. you're clearly looking for something. Yeah. So if you found some evidence that would you know point towards the fact or point towards you being correct, then you might kind of use that, or you might assume, right? You know that that's what that person or that ghost or whatever is actually saying. So yeah, it could have been go away, or it could have been I'm awake. I'm awake. They don't, <laughs> they don't know, right? They don't know. I'm yeah. not calling them liars, and, you know. <laughs> but whichever one, I don't know which one it was. But I see what you mean, though. You know. You know, and yeah, like kind of the, the, the takeaway I got from it is like, just people are really suggestible. Right. That's true. Yeah, um, it's really true. And, you know, it was, uh, I don't know, it was, it was kind of, um, you know, so I, I don't, I don't think I saw a ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I heard a ghost, but you know, the kind of the fun part of the article is I got to ex- kind of explore you know, this, like, the, the conclusion kind of isn't that important. It was like, you know, okay, how do you get there? Mm. And, like, the the kind of, the cool, the, the place I ended up going with it is, like, on an emotional level, this is absolutely true. Right. This is absolutely real. Um, But, you know, on, on the level of being rational, like, I think it's, you know, I think it's inside people's heads. But, on the other hand, just because it's in, you know, something's in your head, it's still real to you. That's true. Yeah, it's very true. Um, and like it was, you know, it was it was a it was a really cool experience because, you know, I feel like, I feel like that without that experience, I, I'd be really comfortable just being like, okay, they're quacks, right? You know, I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm not listening. These to guys people. are crazy, <laughs> yeah. you know. But you know, it, it was you know kind of that Doctor McNew thing, you know, right? Um, you know, well, actually, okay, you know, find out what's actually going on. Yeah, and it was it was super fun. Um. Yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. I uh, actually, when I go back to the states, I, I sometimes do freelancing. Yeah, you said that earlier. That's yeah. really cool. Just I, I want to get like into it. it. Like, I want to get into journalism. Um, I don't really know how to go about it, so we can talk about it afterwards. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I want to, I really want to write some independent articles mm-hmm. and kind of get it out there. But um, there's a million things I want to do. So. <laughs> <sighs> I'll be more active, eventually. man. I well, that's the thing. <laughs> I am pretty active. Um, All you do is work six days a week and put out a podcast. I know, right? <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, it's okay. It's all good. I'm gonna, I'm going to, because there's, there's a few articles that I would like to write. Um, but just, I mean, just writing in general. I need to be writing more in general, which we've talked about before. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going to. I actually wrote something the other day, which is nice. But it was only like 250 words, maybe 300 oh, words. What'd you write? It was like a little short story. But 
I need to go back to it because I was like half asleep when I wrote it. <laughs> yeah, I was just like really tired. We had just, just we had just finished jujitsu. Oh, Came back, okay. I took a shower, I was trying to write it, and I was just like I was really tired. So I, I wrote it real quick and then I went to sleep. Um, I haven't looked at it yet, but but yeah, so that that's a beginning. You know, three hundred mm-hmm. words isn't a lot, but it's something. So I'm trying to use that motivation to kind of start writing some other things, um, which we'll get to. <laughs> so, okay, that was a good warm up topic. Warm up, <laughs> warm up topics. Lots of warm up that, topics. That took that took quite a while. Because because <laughs> for me, like I was like, oh, this is great. Like this is flowing great. I wonder how long it's been. And then I and I just looked. And I'm like, holy shit! An hour oh, and a wow, half. It's been that a while. was quick. Yeah, man. <laughs> but let's let's jump into the other ones, right? Well, uh-huh. don't worry, because remember how I told you I'm doing timestamps. Uh huh. Yeah. So people can like, okay, well, let's skip that shit and let's get into the other things. You know, so they can do that if they want to. Um. Okay. Cool. So let's go ahead and get into bucket list. How does that sound for you, man? Bucket list. Yeah, man. Sound good? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right, dude. Let's do it. I'm down. So. Oh, sorry. Not bucket list, man. What am I talking about? Passions. Passions. Yeah. Like, what is your passion, or what? Are, what are your passions? You know, tell the people what, what it is, and then like how oh, you man. got there, and you know why is that your passion, and why should other people be interested, and you know, etc. So go for it, man. Oh man. Uh, passions. Man. I like. Uh, it can be singular. <laughs> it doesn't need to be multiple things. No, nah, I'm, I'm just yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to unite it under a theme. Yeah. Um. I like feeling alive, man. Okay. You know I like um. You know, uh, like the sports thing, like even the sports thing. It's it's about feeling alive for me. Mm. Um. You know, it's 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 kind of there's this primal feeling, like it's another reason. That's like one of the reasons I like race cars. It's like I don't think I would I would be into race cars if they couldn't kill me. Right. You know, um, like there's there's this this it's like this quiet space. Um, it's this quiet space where like the the, the focus becomes so pure, and so it's like crystalline. Like right. you can you can almost taste it. Right. Um, and I love that feeling. Um, I get that feeling. You know, I get that feeling with uh, you know, with jujitsu. Right. Um, I get that feeling with, um, I got it with football. I get it with racing. Mm-hmm. I get it really strong with racing, actually. So it's like adrenaline. Adrenaline, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, although it doesn't have to be adrenaline. It just has to be like, it's like this this like singularity of focus. Mm-hmm. I mean, adrenaline helps. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it actually kind of bleeds over into writing for me. Mm-hmm. Like one of the reasons I really enjoy writing is, um, you know, there's there can be adrenaline, but not usually. Um, but like it's, uh, when I'm, when I'm writing a book or I'm writing a novel or something like that, um, like getting into all these different people's head spaces, like that's hard work, man. You gotta like, you gotta really, really focus. And, you know, one of the reasons I find it so, uh, I find it so rewarding is because, you know, it's, it's this super concentrated consciousness this super duper present, you know, present in the moment. Like this is the only thing in the universe for me right now. Right. Um, and I, I just, I love that feeling. Uh, and yeah, I want more of it. <laughs> and then what, what are the things like, what are the things gives you that feeling besides sports, um, in driving, for example? Um, the, um, Man, um, uh, dangerous situations give that to me. Um, I'm kind of a risk junkie. Uh, like, uh, 
Um, I, I, I went up uh, Daedun San outside of uh, Daejeon a, a while ago. And there's like this giant cliff spanning bridge mm. that kind of wobbles and shakes. And uh, uh, I, I kind of got my jollies going across that. Okay. You know, um, uh, it's, it, it's one of the things I'm into with nature. Like, I like rattlesnakes, you know, because it, you know, it, it's something, it's the sublime, you know. Mm. Um, you know, people talk about it like uh, Schopenhauer talks about it, you know, the sublime. Like, <clears throat> if you if you look at waves crashing in on the beach from a mile away, it's pretty. If you watch waves crashing in on the beach from thirty feet away, yeah, that is sublime. Yeah, and it's because you've got this big, powerful, dangerous thing um, that's beautiful, and you know I, I love those experiences. Like, um, and racing is a really good way to get those. Um, you know, the, uh, I'll give you an example. Like, um, I just went to, I went to, uh, Inje Speedium in Gangwon province mm-hmm. about, <clears throat> about a month ago. And, uh, turn one on that track, you approach it, you know, in my car, I was approaching it at about 120, 125 miles an hour. Okay. And it's blind. Like it's a blind corner. There's, there's at the end of the straightaway. There's a there's a uh, kind of a steep drop off. Go down a hill. You can't see the corner, and you just have to trust that it's going to be there when you're done. And it's 120 miles an hour into a corner you can't see, and the corner tightens. If you screw that up, if you screw that up, you know you can go nose first into a concrete barrier right. at pretty significant speeds. Pretty that is significant. <laughs> <laughs> that is not pretty. That is yeah, definitely significant. That's death. That's instant. Yeah, you, you, it can kill you. Yeah, oh, um, it will kill you. 120 yeah. miles an hour straight into a concrete uh, slab. I mean, you'd have to be pretty dumb to go straight into a concrete slab. Well, but. yeah, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, that's um, yeah, that's yeah, it's not good. <laughs> um, you know, and it, it's you know, it's I, I like that. I like that that sensation. Um, you know, it makes me feel alive. Um, you know, in in kind of a a non physical danger sense. Um. You know, I get that. I get that feeling sometimes with uh, with philosophy, mm-hmm. um, uh, because uh, the 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 most recent guy who did it to me was Kierkegaard. Um, I read this book called uh, Fear and Trembling, and um, uh, Kierkegaard is like this incredibly intense guy, and I remember um, I remember you know just. I remember putting the book down and feeling like I had just been beat up in an alley. Right. Like I, 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 you know, like one of those like gang initiation, like they beat your ass in a, in a group thing. Right. Like I felt like that after I put the book down. Um, and you know, it, it's the same thing. Like, um, it's like this, this immense, like Kierkegaard is this immense in intellect. Like he's, he's huge. Um, and it, like, you never feel like he's completely in control of his, of like what he's doing, you know? And, you know, there's always this danger that he's, um, it feels dangerous. Like it feels dangerous to my set of beliefs. It feels dangerous to my worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, for me, that's exhilarating. I just, I love that feeling. Um, you know, I can, I can, yeah, I can get that feeling from movies. I can get it from philosophy, sports, you know, I just, I like, I like intense, sublime experiences. Okay. And you can get those everywhere. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so it seems like, you know, a lot of those experiences might 
or generally happen that is outside of normal life, right? Your normal day-to-day basis. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. You know, um... I mean, that's what it sounds like. I mean, like, for, for people who are trying to relate to this to these experiences, yeah. right? Or maybe trying to get a dose of that, for example. You know, like you said, they're physical. There's a physical mm-hmm. way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Not everybody might not be, you know, <laughs> uh, keen on trying those things. But, you know, like you said, it, there's a non-physical ways as well. There are, absolutely. So, like, in, in, in those non-physical ways, it seems as if, like, you know, doing something that is... Uh, completely unique and is outside of your daily routine that might be able to give them that experience. Yeah. Um, and like, there's, yeah, absolutely. Like it has to be unique. It has to be intense. And like, I feel like there has to be an element of danger. Right. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, obviously reading Kierkegaard is not going to kill me, Mm -hmm. uh, in a physical sense, but like, there's a very good chance that it threatens my beliefs. Right. There's a very good chance that it threatens my identity. Um, you know, and I think for a lot of people, that's actually scarier than Alliance or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Identity is very, very, uh, fragile. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for me, uh, I I find that exhilarating. Like, um, I don't want to be too safe. Right. Like in any sense of the word. Okay. I like that, man. That's tight. (laughs) That's tight. No, that's really cool, man. Yeah. That's really cool. You know, I, I, um, I know what you mean. I can relate because I know uh-huh. some of those experiences and they are very, for me, what's the best way to say it? It does make you feel alive mm-hmm. and it really does. It feels like you have this new, um, damn, like what's the best way to say it? It's really hard to explain it actually. Uh-huh. Now that I think about it, um, when you have this experience, it's like, a part of yourself uh-huh. has evolved. Yeah. Yeah. That might be the best way to explain it for me. You know, like like a part of yourself, like, or you in, in general have evolved in some way, right? Yeah. Um, after you see this or you have this experience, you have progressed, right? You have transcended yeah. into a, I don't know, not to sound too cliche, but you have uh-huh. transcended into a different, you know, plane, for example. Yeah. Um, so I, I know exactly what you mean. And it is a very, it can be a very, um, perplexing, Mm -hmm. um, situation, you know, experience, but, and it, and it can challenge certain things, um, Mm -hmm. of course, but ultimately it's worth it. Oh yeah. It's totally worth it. So I know what you mean, man. Like there's, um, uh, there's a, okay. One of my favorite people in history is, uh, Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah. Um, mostly because he basically like Teddy. Teddy, yeah. <laughs> you know, Teddy basically turned 11 and decided, you know, I'm going to live the rest of my life as Batman. And then right. he did it. Right. <laughs> right. And like, you know, and, and I really, I really admire that. But he did this, um, he did this speech um, called uh, The Strenuous Life mm-hmm. uh, that I, I really, really, I really, I sympathize with. Like, um, you know, I want to be this way. And one of the like the main thrust of his speech was, um, you know, life shouldn't be easy. It shouldn't be comfortable. You know, it, it don't be, um, he called them the gray men. Mm-hmm. Um, and then these, these people who, you know, they spectate and, you know, they have nothing really to win. They have nothing really to lose. And they're just sort of like running the clock out on life. Right. You know, and he said, you know, don't be the gray man, you know, be the person in the arena be the one 
you know, be the person who slays the lion or gets eaten. Right. You know, <laughs> because, th- you know, that is like, that is how you make meaning. Like, that's how you, that's how you, you say, okay, I am alive for a reason. Right. Um, and I really, really sympathize with that. Like, I think, um, you know, and it's kind of like we were talking about earlier, you know, um, uh, like that, that girl who's afraid of butterflies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when she's 80 years old, you know, what's she going to, what is she going to, what's she going to look back on? You know, why, what, what was the point? You know, if, if you're, if you're that wrapped in cotton, if you're that isolated, like what's the meaning of it, man? Right. You're afraid of butterflies. Right. <laughs> you know? a good point. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's what we were talking about earlier, you know, getting down and dirty. You got to yeah. do it sometimes. Yeah. You know, uh, so yeah, man, I'd, I'd say like, um, I'd say my passion is just like the sublime, sublime experiences. Right. And that finds, you know, that, that, that comes in so many different forms, man. There's, you know, you can get that in art, you can get that, yeah, you can get that in physical experience. Um, yeah, I feel like that, I feel like you can get that almost anywhere if you look hard enough. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. And sometimes it's, it's based off perspective. Oh, yeah. You know, being able to look at a situation differently. Absolutely. Um, it can give you a sublime experience. You yeah. Know? Um, so, and oftentimes, you know, our 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 thought process is in some ways indoctrinated, right? We are oh, indoctrinated yeah. to some extent. Like I Absolutely. think everybody is. Um, so when you are able to think about, you know, think differently from how you normally think about at even just the everyday experiences, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It will change, you know, it will change you like in some way, like let's, let's do an example, right? Let's say you go outside, right. And you see cars, mm-hmm. right? Normally, you see cars, they pass by. You're like, okay, cool. They're passing by. They're going somewhere. They're going from point A to point B, right? right. Or vice versa, whatever. Uh-huh. Or maybe to C, whatever. Yeah. But think about it like this. Think about who's in the car, right? Yeah. Who's in the car? What do you think they're going to do? Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Think about their life. Yeah. Think about, you know, their kids and their family and yep. maybe the experiences that they've had and, you know, mm-hmm. maybe they're going to die in the next 10 minutes. Yeah. Maybe... Uh-huh. You know, that's the next president. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like maybe, you know, there's so many different ways that you can think about that one in car passing yeah. you, you know what I'm saying, in yeah. front of you. And some people might just look at it like, okay, car, the car's passing and then I cross the road. That's oh, generally yeah. what happens, right? Yeah. Don't get hit by the car, uh-huh. right? Yep. And pass the road. But maybe you just take a moment before crossing the road and you just think about who's in the car. Right. Yeah. And then think about who made the car, for example, uh-huh. like what kind of car is that? You know what yeah. I'm saying? What factory did it come from? Think about all the workers who actually, you know, worked on the car and test drives the car. Why did the engine design it that way? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Why is it designed that way? Like yeah. just being able to think even simple things like that mm-hmm. can give you a taste of like a sublime experience. Yeah, man. Like, um, so, yeah, I mean, people should try it out. There's so much like there's there's so much beautiful stuff in the world. There's so much like incredible stuff. Right. Like, man. Yeah. Uh, like an example, you know, the sidewalk is not that interesting right? to most people, but like, you know, get down and actually look at the sidewalk. Right. Okay. How did somebody, you know, somebody made that. Okay. How did they develop the, the chemical compound for the concrete? Right. Yeah. I don't know. Let's go find out. Right. You know, or, you know, why do they have, um, you know, why are there little, you know, why are there the, um, the creases, you know, why are there the creases between the different blocks? You know, why do they put. Like that, um, that papery stuff right. in between the creases. Right. I don't know. Let's go find out. Right. Exactly. You know, or you know, scrape on it with um, scrape on it with a spoon. Bring it up. Buy a buy a microscope. Right. Look at all the cool stuff you're gonna find in that. You know, 
you know, and, and that's just, that's the sidewalk, man. Right. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> you know, just like a very simple yeah. thing, like a very simple experience like that. You know, you can, you can have a, you know, a sublime moment for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would definitely uh, urge people to do that. Yeah. You know, like try it out. Just try it out. Yeah. Just try it out. Don't do no dangerous <laughs> shit like this guy. Over here. <laughs> I mean, if that's what you want to do, by all means, I'm not advocating for that. I'm not having anybody's death on my hands. Fuck that. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, you you can take responsibility if you want to. <laughs> but well, I, know, I know you're going to leave. Yeah. Well, uh, I, 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 do, I do try pretty hard to make sure that if uh, if somebody gets messed up, it's me. So. Okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. That's how you ended up breaking, like, what? You said eight, eight bones? Eight? Oh, eight geez, or nine? Hang on. Eight or nine. Uh, Finger, arm, mm-hmm. elbow, foot, mm-hmm. tailbone, knee. Uh, tailbone. That must have been a bitch. Oh man, that, that okay. That is the most anticlimactic story in the world. Really? Um, I was rafting down a river, <laughs> and I was a little drunk and I was lazy, <laughs> and I didn't lift my butt up in time for a rock. Oh, <laughs> uh, damn! Nailed me right on the tailbone. <laughs> well, that's what you get. <laughs> that's what you get, man. That's what you get. See, that's why, like, typically when I'm drunk, I try to stay in very safe, you know, uh, surroundings. Yeah. Because, like, anything, you know, because, like you said, one, it's going to make you lazy, more uh-huh. than likely. And then, two, like, everything becomes a danger. <laughs> when you're drunk, anything and everything is, like, an auto, like, the danger percentage uh-huh. has increased significantly, you know? <laughs> so, it's, okay, this pen, this pen is maybe, like, a 3% danger uh-huh. to my life right now. Yeah. When you're drunk, it automatically boosts to twenty percent. You know what I'm saying? Like automatically, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's just a pen. Think about everything else. Yeah, yeah. So that's okay, man. So that so I, I counted six. Oh, okay. Yeah. Counted six. Yeah, yeah. It's probably about right. Okay, that's a lot, dude. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, that's people who are listening to this. Don't don't be like Ben. <laughs> yeah, I'm a dumbass. Yeah. Oh man. Okay, cool, man. So all right, let's jump into bucket list. Then. Bucket list. Yeah, bucket list. I like I this is I love this one, man. And I say this like every episode, people uh, are probably sick of it now, but like I love this list. I don't know why. Oh man, bucket list. Uh Okay, so like the big dramatic stuff on my bucket list. Um I want to uh I want to scuba dive. Okay. Um any location? Whew, specifically or in particular? Yeah. Um, yeah, not really. Uh, I'd love to do the Great Barrier Reef. Well, that would be cool. Um, but like, actually, um, uh, the place I've I've been to, like, I went snorkeling in Catalina Island off the coast of LA. Nice. And uh, that was incredible. Like, I, if I learned how to scuba dive, I'd definitely go back there and try it again. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Snorkeling um, is a lot of fun too. Yeah, snorkeling's great. Um, yeah, I'd lo- I'd love to do that. Like, um, and I'd like to. You know, you, you ever see those like BBC programs and they've got like those guys who are like hanging on to the dorsal fin of like some whale shark or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. man, I want to do that so bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, that'd just be so cool. That would be cool. Um, although, uh, kind of a funny story about that. So you got to be careful what, what animal dorsal fins you're hanging on to. Uh, so when they were prepping us to snorkel in Catalina, they were telling us like, okay, this animal's potentially dangerous. This one's not. Right. You know, here's what you can do. Here's what you can do. And one of the animals they showed us was, uh, it's called the nurse shark. Mm-hmm. And they're about, I don't know, 10 foot long. Like they're a, it's a big animal. Right. Um, and they, they, they mostly just like lay on the, on the surface of the, of the seafloor mm-hmm. and just chill and they eat crabs and stuff. And you know, right. Um, they're really sedentary and they're not aggressive. Right. Uh, so the, 
you know, our instructor, the lady was explaining like, you know, they're really not that dangerous. Don't worry about them. If you see them, you can swim by it. It's, it's okay. Right. Um, and I said, has anybody ever been bitten by one? Mm-hmm. And she gives this big sigh, like, <sighs> oh. yes, but. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. nobody wants to hear that, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but. And I was like, oh, oh what happened? What happened? Um, well, this guy, uh, this guy decided that, um, you know, he was looking at the uh, 10 foot long predatory fish. Right. And uh, he decided it'd be a good idea to try to ride it. Oh, my God. <laughs> so he deserved to get bit. Oh, he totally That's deserved to get bit. Okay. <laughs> So what we have here is a classic example of a dumbass, you know, which is why he got bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, public safety announcement, kids, uh, if you see a 10 foot long predatory fish, don't try to ride it. Yeah. Stay the fuck away. That's what you should do. First of all. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. First, stay away from it. But if you can't stay away from it for some odd reason, definitely from riding. Yeah. Refrain from riding. Refrain from touching in general. Uh, so yeah, uh, snorkeling or, uh, scuba, that's definitely on my bucket list. I'd nice. love to, yeah, I need to learn how to do that. Um, it's interesting that you say that uh, because I would like to do that as well, of course, uh, but I would also like to explore a blue hole, a blue hole. What's that? Yeah. Blue holes. Um, very dangerous. Oh, are those the ones like in uh, the Yucatan? Um, I don't know. There's a few, I don't know okay. all the locations to be honest with you. I don't know actually a direct location. I mean, uh, like in an exact location right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently they're very beautiful, but when you get to a certain point uh-huh. um, in the blue hole, you have to leave it. You have to get out of it. Oh, okay. Otherwise, you just get sucked to the bottom and you die. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm familiar with that. Like, the ones I'm thinking of, um, like in the Yucatan, they have these, um, like the Yucatan is mostly limestone mm-hmm. and uh, water dissolves limestone given long enough time. Right. So you get these like, giant caverns um that like they're they're right up against surface level they're fresh water and they're like 300 feet deep right um something different oh okay yeah i think we're talking about something different i don't know the exact definition of a blue hole okay um but they are i know that they are dangerous they're, they're apparently very beautiful oh okay um, and essentially think about it as like a quicksand but in water oh okay I think I, I could be wrong, so don't take me at my word for it. But I think that's generally what it is. Oh, okay. And it, it like it will suck you down, uh-huh. and um, and apparently like the when you're going down and you're seeing everything, like uh-huh. it's like it's like it's a sublime experience. It's like a very oh, beautiful, okay. like amazing experience. Wow. But you have to get out of it uh-huh. at a certain point, or it'll take you all the way, or down. it'll take you all the way down, and you can't oh, get out okay. of it. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you have oxygen or not. Like you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna die. Oh wow. So I have to look into that. Yeah, you should look into it. Um, but I would like to do that too. Man, it yeah. sounds fun. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like something that's right up your alley for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, man, check it out. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Check it out. That sounds like. I mean, it sounds like my. It might be something that you're interested in. But yeah, sorry to cut you off earlier. So yeah, so you have scuba diving. Scuba diving. Yeah. Um. Uh, like kind of the the car guy thing. Um. There's uh the Nurburgring in Germany. Oh yeah. Oh, you want to drive it? I want to drive the Nurburgring <clears throat> at least once. Yeah, that'd be amazing, dude. Um, with with what car would you drive it with? With what car? Yeah, that's a tough one. If you had to choose one, <laughs> damn, I don't know which one I would choose. Oh, Actually, man. that's a lie. I would do a McLaren. McLaren? No. Damn, there's so many. <laughs> there there really is a lie, man. Uh, maybe no, maybe a Koenigsegg Regera. Oh wow. Maybe that'd be cool. Or mclaren p1 would be cool okay but you know 
Aston Martin. I mean, there's just so many different brands and cars out there. You know, doing that with like a LaFerrari would be awesome too. Any of them. That'd be so scary. Yeah, any of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, damn, man. Yeah, well, I told you, we were, we were having a conversation about this mm. the other day. I love I love Koenigsegg. Koenigsegg is mm. cool, man. Yeah, yeah. those are, um, they do some really interesting engineering stuff. They do, man. It's um, just really cool. And there's other ones too. You know, there's Bugatti. You know, Bugatti's amazing. Any Italian brand, for the most part, is going to be amazing. Um, so, yeah. So, anyways, what car would you drive? Uh, if I had to pick one that was going to be like factory stock. Yeah. Um, I think I'd do a, uh, a Porsche 930. Ooh, um, which is the really? old school uh-huh air-cooled uh, yeah. turbocharged 911 nice and uh a the Porsche? reason yeah that's interesting but okay go ahead sorry and i think the reason i think the reason for that is um uh i've never driven one okay um uh, and i want to um and then also like um you know i just real analog experience mm-hmm. like everybody who's who, who i've talked to who's driven them like i've driven some other porsches like i drove a 914 mm-hmm. um and I drove a 944 and like those older Porsches, man, they, they have like this super analog feeling, you know, it's like, uh, it's sort of like, you know, a new car is an iPad, right? Uh, like these older cars, man, it's more like, um, it's closer to like riding a horse, right? you know? <laughs> uh, and I think, yeah, I think I'd take, a an old school, uh, man, if I was really brave, I'd, I'd take a 935, but I'm, I don't know if I'm that brave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe you could try it out man See i saw i saw man i saw a 935 at uh laguna seca i went there with uh some family watched the uh historic races nice and oh man uh 800 horsepower damn stock yeah it's a 935 Jesus. it's a race car it's a full-on race twin, car twin turbos it's a twin turbo like late 70s race car oh man um it is the last like factory um no it's not the last no is it no okay it's the there since the 1970s there's only been like two factory production based cars that have overall won Le Mans right uh and the 935 was one of them wow okay the other one was a McLaren F1 oh F1 okay yeah nice um but McLaren, man, these, McLaren makes really good cars yeah they do yeah. um but like this dude these 935s they're beast they um they call them Moby Dick because mm-hmm. they kind of look like a whale <laughs> um nice. you know it's it's a short car yeah. so like they're you know, they're super responsive and this is the late seventies, man, 800 horsepower out of a tiny engine. Yeah, that's insane, man. Like the, uh, the turbo lag, like you can, you can watch the turbo lag from a mile away. Right. You know, it's like the car's like slow, 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 mm-hmm. slow, slow. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 That'd be, that'd be a, that'd be a hell of a challenge. Yeah. Damn, man, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I hope those aerodynamics are good. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Dude, I've seen videos. I think I watched this one video of like this, uh, this GTR that was uh-huh. like souped up and it was oh, like yeah. twelve hundred horsepower or whatever. They souped it up. Some really of those nice. GTRs are nuts. And uh, but it was too powerful and it mm. fucking like flew in the air. Like the aerodynamics just wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't built for that type of speed. Yep. So I just like flew up in the air, like against the the cage or whatever, against the uh, the wall. Oh, and I was okay. like, oh shit, damn, uh-huh. yeah. So, yep, make sure uh, your engineering skills are on point. <laughs> Just because you can make a fast car doesn't mean you can drive it. So, yeah, yeah man. Okay, cool. So, so you would drive that with your Porsche yep. 935, you said? Yeah, 935. Yeah. Um, okay, that sounds cool. Uh, what else you got? Jeez. Um, That's a really cool bucket list thing. And <laughs> yeah. totally attainable. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally attainable. Um, man, other bucket list stuff. Uh, um, oh, man. Uh, there's a, uh, a Pakistani author, mm-hmm. uh, a guy named Mohsen Hamid. Um, and I would love to... Uh, he's sort of, in my opinion, he's the best living novelist uh, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I It would be like... If I could, uh, yeah, if I could meet him and like have a sit down and talk, like that would that would be on my bucket list. Nice. Um, uh, if I could like, you know, if I could like do a panel with him, something like that, that'd that would be, be awesome. amazing. That'd be great. That'd be amazing. I've never heard of him. Um, oh, he's he's good, man. Um, he's got um, he's got three books out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like he's in his early forties. Okay. Um, his first book is called uh, Moth Smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about, uh, it's about this guy who, uh, basically steals his friend's wife mm-hmm. and then, uh, but it's, it's just like, it's, it's, it's so, it's so beautiful. Um, and like the structure is so unique. Like it, it's <clears throat> for me, it's, it's an A, it's a solid A level book. Right. Um, the second one he did is his most famous one. It's called, uh, the reluctant fundamentalist. Mm hmm and the relevance uh, uh the reluctant oh reluctant okay and uh this story is actually it's written as a dramatic monologue hmm. and the um like you are an american in the book like you personally are a character right and you, you never speak um so you go to a cafe in lahore uh which is one of the major cities in pakistan uh you go to a cafe in lahore and this like weird guy comes up to you and just starts talking and 200 pages later, the book is done. Um, <laughs> and um, this weird guy tells you his story about, um, about going to the U S and getting a job. Uh, I think he went to, in the story, he went to Yale and he gets a job and um, he becomes a, a business analyst. Uh, and, the uh, the business analyst is like th- their slogan is always like focus on the fundamentals focus on the fundamentals right um, and then nine eleven happens in the book and he becomes more and more uh, disinterested in he he feels more and more like he has to go back to his uh, his roots right um, and like one of the things I really like about Hamid is that he paints this as a very ambiguous thing like well should he have i don't know like i don't know and like another uh another thing that's that's really really well portrayed is um depending on the the prejudices and the fears that you the reader bring to the book the ending can be completely different Mm. um like if you um okay depending on how you interpret it you the american character could be just a tourist. It's entirely possible. Right. Um, you could also be a hitman, like a CIA hitman. That's ambiguous. It, you might be. Right. Um, and the weird guy talking to you, he could just be a strange guy. Right. He could also be someone leading you into an ambush. Uh, the end of the book, depending on how you interpret it, it could be him lighting a cigarette for you, or it could be him killing you. Right. Or it could be you killing him. Um, and like, it's just like, Hamid is so good at like catching these little, like these little, uh, like these, these prejudices and these, these fears and just like, and just playing with them. 
Like, and it's like, it's like, he always knows exactly what you're thinking mm-hmm. and he's always just like tweaking it a little bit. Like, right. okay, well you think this is good, but is it actually good? Right. You know, or you think this is bad, but is it actually bad? I don't know. You know, um, just, and that is, that is one of the best books I've ever read. That's an easily an A plus. I got to check it out. I've never heard of him. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. One of my favorite authors is, uh, Afghani. Afghanistan, from oh, Afghanistan. Um, um, Khalid Husseini. Khalid Husseini, yeah. yeah Husseini. Uh, is that Husseini? I don't know how to say I don't his know. name. Yeah. I know I know Khalid. I know that one. Mm. Um, ha. Ha. <laughs> yeah. Arabic is one of my languages. Oh, okay. There's a letter. That's one of the letters. Ha. Ah, yeah, it's okay. like a ha. Yeah, so. Ha. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm losing my Arabic, man. It's not good at all. So anyways, yeah, he's one of my favorite authors. And my favorite book by him is A Thousand Splendid Sons. Ah, okay. Phenomenal book. And in my opinion, that's an A-plus book. Okay. Yeah. What did so you like about we it? Gotta, we got we to gotta change it around, man. We gotta, we gotta, <laughs> do you have <laughs> the book? Um, oh, I, fuck, man. I had, no. I had A Thousand Splendid Sons and I gave it to somebody. You know, I do the same thing. If I like a book, I give it to people I like. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I trade books. I trade uh-huh. books with a lot of people. Actually, I traded books with Nick. Uh-huh. So I got a stack of books I got to get through. Um, you know, I, I obviously, there's like a stack of books on that table there. And there's a stack of books over here I got to read. And um, I already, I gave the rest away. So, yeah. Anyways, so yeah, a sit down with him would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. I would like to sit down with Bill Watterson. Bill Watterson, who's that? Uh, Calvin and Hobbes creator. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's yeah, one person cool. I would like to sit down with. That would be awesome. Yeah, he's one of those guys where like. Um... He's a recluse. Oh really? I yeah. didn't know that. Nobody like yeah. There's like a couple of pictures of him on the internet, maybe. Oh, he like okay. never comes out in public. So he's like one of those Thomas Pinchon guys. Right. He never leaves his house. Yeah. yeah, he never leaves his house. Well, we don't really know what the fuck he does. Okay. Like only his agent knows, apparently. Like and mm. only his agent, like can you can't be in contact with him unless he's in contact with you. Uh-huh. And uh otherwise you have to go through his agent or try to reach him and he just oh, doesn't okay. want to be bothered. So yeah. Anyways, yeah, so when you were saying, like, I sit down with your author, I'm like, you know, I would love to sit down with, there's, like, lots of people I would love to sit down with, you know, yeah. and just kind of, like, kind of do this, actually, yeah. um, so that would be really cool if you could do that. I mean, like, so, some of the people in history, like, some of the people in history just be fascinating oh, to talk man, to. Oh, man, dude, Teddy would Teddy be would awesome. be great. Teddy Rosa would be amazing. <laughs> Obama, man. Obama would be Obama cool. would be amazing, too. I'd love to I mean, there's, there's, Abe Lincoln would be an interesting, yep. um, Coolidge would be interesting. Uh-huh. Um, t- tons of U.S. presidents. I mean, t- and tons of people from around the world as well. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I don't know who I was talking to about this. Maybe it was you. I don't remember. Putin. Putin. Ah, okay. I would love for him to write a biography. That'd be great. I would love to read his yeah. biography. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be very, very interesting. You know, um, uh, yeah. Like Putin, man. Um, yeah, because I, I don't want to just. I don't want to. I wouldn't want to just. You know, like some of the people I'm I'm thinking of that like I'd like to talk to yeah. in history, like, um, like Bismarck. Bismarck would be cool. Bismarck man. would be cool as hell. Otto von Bismarck. Otto von Bismarck. Yeah, like, dude, that guy could play the game. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Holy crap, he could play. Yeah, you know, um, you know, or you know, uh, man, another- Clausewitz. Clausewitz, yeah. yeah. That would be um, that would be interesting. <clears throat> um, another one I, I'd like to talk to. Like she's not that famous in the West, but like over here in Asia, um, is uh, Wu Zetian. Mm, I don't know who that is. Um, uh, in Korean they call her uh, Chukchun Muhu. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was the uh, she was the one and only um, uh, female empress. Oh. Or female emperor, right. because it's it's there were empresses, but they they didn't rule. Right. So like she was a female emperor. That's awesome. Um, and she was the only one. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'd love to talk to her because um, 
um, they erased most of the records about her. Yeah. But like the stuff that survives, she seems to have been like this super interesting combination of utterly ruthless. Right. Um, utterly ruthless. Uh, very scary. Um, and also like uh, pretty decent. Right. Like, uh, like, you know, um, I don't know, imagine like, imagine like uh, Kim Jong-un style uh, ruthlessness, mm-hmm. um, but with the buses running on time. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and I don't know if I'd want to like hang out with her because she might cut my head off. Right. But, you know, like if I could, if I could arrange a safe space where there's yeah. like no head cutting allowed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be really cool. Dude, there's, there's tons of people, man. That would be really cool to sit down and just talk to, man. Just like tons of people. Yeah. Um, though there, if we're speaking about Asian women, I forgot her name. Um, but the person who created Full Metal Alchemist, Full Metal Alchemist, it's an anime. It's one of my favorite animes. I don't know. Um, I forgot her name, but yeah. I would love to sit down with her, man, and just like tell me how you created this beautiful and sad and you know philosophical anime, you know, and manga, of course. That I've never, really I've cool. never read it. Is it? I never read it, but the <clears throat> I watched the the series. Oh, okay. Yeah, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. That's the uh-huh. that's the original one. Okay, you gotta watch it, man. All right, it's so good, especially if you like. You know, you're into philosophy as well, so uh-huh. I think you would really enjoy it. And there's and there's so there's just so much that goes into it. I mean, it's like it's a combination of just like just joy and sadness and like fucking reality. Okay, you know what I'm saying. And of course, it's built in like this fantasy world, and it's just very very invigorating. Cool, man. Um, I think you would enjoy it. I'll get into that definitely. Yeah. So we gotta we gotta exchange the names and everything because I'm gonna write these people down. Um. So anyway, so yeah, so you have meeting with uh, what's his name again? Uh, Mosin Hamid. Mosin Hamid. Okay. Yeah. So you have scuba diving. You have driving around the the Nurburgring. Nurburgring. Uh, you have um sitting out with Hamid. Yeah. And then what's Hamid. next? Oh, jeez. Uh. Man, I don't know. I don't know if I have anything else. Uh, I mean, that's pretty good, good right there, man. Yeah, that's pretty good right there. That's pretty solid. Yeah, that's really solid. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it really counts as a bucket list, but you know, uh, you know, um, be happily married and have a family. Right. That's good. That's attainable. Yeah. 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 I like how you said happily married. Yeah. That's very important. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there is such thing as not happily married. So really? actually, Wait, actually, no, really? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. I think I think um I think I saw a statistic the other day. I don't know how accurate it is, but it's like uh-huh. fifty to sixty percent of mm-hmm. marriages in the United States end in divorce. Yeah, half. Yeah, Jesus, half though. Yeah, God damn, man, that's crazy. Uh, you know it. That's the type of shit that scares me. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Too. Like, yeah, like I don't, yeah. I don't want to go through that at all. And then just imagine if you have kids, and you know, it's just, oh man, it's just a very, no, <laughs> just no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I feel the same way. <laughs> yeah, but that sounds good, man. I, I like that bucket list. That's tight. Okay, yeah, yeah. So let's go ahead and um, it's okay. You can say it in the mic, man. Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> go ahead, say it. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kind of running out of time. So yeah. well, you know whose fault that is. Uh, mine <laughs> i was just gonna see what you were trying to see what you're gonna say it's because yeah. your conversation skills are so amazing oh thank you very much man. i appreciate that even when i'm still technically drunk I guess. yeah 
<laughs> nah, it's all good, man. Okay, cool. So, all right, well, we're on the last topic anyway. We okay. shouldn't really take that long. Okay. Um, so it's a funny or unique stories that you've had abroad, right? Um, so it's, oh, yeah, man. anything that you want to share. It doesn't have to be in Korea. Um, okay. It could be anywhere, you know, besides the United States, of course. And just tell me what you uh, what you got, man. It doesn't have to be stories. It can be a okay. story. Yeah, all right. It doesn't well, matter. I'll tell you about uh, I'll tell you about my uh, my Honga adventure. Okay. Uh, so Honga is um it's like this korean dish kind of a traditional thing uh especially in uh kind of the southern provinces mm-hmm. um and it's uh it's ba- it's like fermented stingray okay uh and it is smelly right oh my god it it's it's uh it's pungent it's it's cat piss right like and um you know or like probably more famous like similar thing is you know in greenland sometimes they ferment the sharks right it's the same thing, but with a stingray. Okay. Um, so, uh, it was, I think, my second year in Korea. Um, I'd just gotten hired at the middle school, and the principal arranged for this big fancy dinner where we all get together and have seafood. Right. And, man, I love seafood, so cool. Sweet. Um, but, like, I was still relatively new to Korea, and I didn't know how the drinking culture worked. Right. And... One of the things, you know, so in the U.S., if somebody pours you a shot, you should finish it. Right. Um, so, like, you know, I'm just I'm just doing that. Well, in Korea, like, they, they'll pour you a shot, man, every two minutes mm-hmm. for hours. And, uh, you know, so I'm looking around and I'm getting wasted super fast. Right. And I'm looking around at all these other people and, like, they're fine. So I'm thinking in my head, like, God damn, you guys are fucking alcoholics. Right. <laughs> 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 um, so, you know, before I got too trashed, yeah. I'm sitting right next to the principal and the principal points at this, this platter of Holna. Yeah. He says, Hey Ben, why don't you try? I'm like, uh, okay. So I try and like it, it smells like cat piss and right. you know, I try it and, uh, you know, thank you, Mr. Principal. I, I think that's not, my I think thing. I'm good. Right. Yeah, I think I'm good. <laughs> um, and he goes, okay, okay. So, um, that's how I feel about Bonegi. Ah, Bonegi. Yeah. Shit's nasty. Yeah. I kind of agree. Yeah. Sorry. But anyways, <laughs> go ahead. Um, so uh, anyway, the the shots keep coming, and I'm I'm like I'm having trouble sitting up, right? Uh, and like I'm trying not to be rude because you know you, you know in the West you know you pour a shot you gotta drink it, right? And like I'm trying not to be rude, but I'm like I'm in my head I'm like I would really like to stop drinking, right. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and I'm like I'm I got like, shit to do tomorrow. <laughs> I don't want to die, yeah. <laughs> you know? And then the other thing I'm thinking is like in my head. I'm, I'm, I'm terrified of two things. One, I'm terrified of like falling on the principal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, cause like it's getting really hard to sit up straight. Right. Um, and then the other thing is like, I know that if I open my mouth, something stupid's going to come out. Oh man. Yeah. Like, so I'm just sitting there like, I'm sitting there like, like clenching my jaws. Right. Like holding my knees, like do not fall over. Do not speak. Do not fall <laughs> over. Do not speak. <laughs> and my principal, um, was kind of an evil man. And uh, he looks over and he sees my state and he's like, uh, Hey Ben, have you tried the Honga? And I was like, no, 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 I haven't. Mm. Um, so he's like, well, you should try the Honga. Maybe you would like it. I'm like, this is after I've already told him I don't like it. Right. <laughs> but you don't remember this. <laughs> but I don't remember it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I bring it over and, you know, my, my nose isn't working so good no more. Right. Uh, you know, cause I, I've, I've never been this drunk in my life. Right. And, uh, so I have a piece of honga. I'm like, oh, that's not bad. And I have another piece. And then I finished off the entire plate. Oh, shit. 
which was like it was a big plate of honga yeah um so uh you know the uh the meal finally comes to an end and i go home and i go to sleep i wake up the next morning and you know i've got a hangover and uh but you know i'm thinking about it I'm like you know that honga it, it wasn't bad man right you know maybe i shouldn't give it a chance right and uh so you know i go back and talk to it the next day with my coworkers. And I'm trying to figure it out. And uh, and they were like, man, Ben, you ate a lot of honga. You know, we can't do that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, really? Oh, wow. Okay. And I, and I was like, and how are you guys not drunk? And they were saying, oh, yeah, well, we take like one sip and then throw the rest of it away. <laughs> <laughs> what assholes. I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> so, you know. Uh, wait a couple months longer. I, I get the I get the trick with the soju, you know, yeah. and you, you you toss it off to the side. Right. Um, and I end up in another Honga restaurant about you know maybe six months later. Right. And you know, man, it's like I guess it's like riding a bicycle or like learning to drink beer. It's an acquired taste, man. Yeah. yeah. Like to this day, I will go out of my way for uh for stinky stingray. Okay. There you go. <laughs> stinky stingray. So yeah, man. If you don't like a food, if you don't like bundegi, man, just get really really drunk first and eat a ton of it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I think that's a bad idea i don't know if i really want to do that I, I will give it another chance though maybe i should actually the first time i had it i was drinking oh okay oh uh, yeah so so yeah so maybe that's not a good idea <laughs> maybe alcohol won't help that <laughs> i just don't like bone so i told some koreans that and they're like oh you don't like bonegi ginger uh-huh. and i'm like yeah ginger like uh-huh. really i don't like it yeah uh-huh. they're like it's so good though I'm like no it's not it's really not um yeah, it's like having a really dry, like, pinto bean. It's like, I don't know what, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just really, ugh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. I, I urge everybody to try it. But yeah, you, give but it you, a try. But you probably won't like it. <laughs> yeah, you probably won't like it. Oh, by so, the way, in case uh, anybody doesn't know what bundegi is, that's a, uh, a silkworm larva. Yeah. So. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you, man. <laughs> thank you for doing my job for me. <laughs> Yeah, so anyways, no, that's cool though, man. That's uh, really cool. So damn, so you and nobody helped you. Like nobody like told you while you were there while you were taking all these shots. They just thought you were um, that alcoholic American. Uh yeah, I think I think they thought I was uh an alcoholic American. Uh I think that was part of it. I think part yeah. of it is like um, you know, I was on pretty good terms with them and they were oh, just okay. like kinda having fun with yeah, me. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> they were probably taking bets. Yeah. They were probably like, hey, you know, I got ten thousand one. I, I, I know for sure the principal. <laughs> I know for sure the principal was fucking with me. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, he had to be because I, you know, and I, and it's funny that you say that because I see uh, Koreans do that all the time. That I don't see them waste soju. I don't see them uh, throw it away. But they won't take a full shot. Yeah. They'll like, they'll sip it maybe, or mm-hmm. they might do like half a shot and then they pour it again. Yeah. So it looks like they're taking lots of shots, but they're uh, really not. Yeah. So in my experience, it's not all of them do that. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, dude. Yeah, they did so, that. They did that to you on purpose. I think it was definitely with the principal. It was definitely on purpose. Yeah, because he was messing with me. Oh yeah. Um, I think the other people I just didn't notice what I was doing. Yeah. Um, they definitely noticed with the honga though. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> Five minutes ago, there was a big ass plate of honga. <laughs> now it's not here. Yeah, yeah, and 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 they were definitely laughing at me about that. Yeah. So <laughs> I've never had stingray. Actually, I would like to try it. Yeah, it's um like if you can get past the smell, it's not bad. Okay, I gotta um, check it out. It's like uh, if you have it with like steamed uh, pork belly, some yeah. yeah, and like some shrimp sauce, yeah, and uh, like the uh, the sour kimchi, yeah, and like kind of wrap it up. It's okay. actually pretty good. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I do, I do, I go out of my way for honga. It's good. Gotta try it out, man. 
Yeah. Maybe we could try it together. Absolutely. Yeah, maybe we gotta, we gotta try that one day because I don't know where any of that shit is at <laughs> at all. There is a there is a good little Asian Asian restaurant in Korea. It's called My Asia. It's called it's called there's a good little restaurant. It's called My Asia. That's uh-huh. actually here in Manyeondong, but I didn't know it. It was, oh, right. it was right next to my school actually. So I was really pleased to to find another good restaurant in this area because sometimes mm-hmm. you know there's like three or four, but sometimes going after like the three or four, like the same three or four, you just gotta kind of get a like a little right. I want to do something different, yeah. you know. And I love to cook, but I hate doing dishes. <laughs> you know, that's what it is. So that's that's generally what it's like. Yeah. So you know, I found another good restaurant. My Asia has foods from different Asian countries. So it has oh, okay. foods from like Vietnam and Thailand and Cambodia, um, in oh. China. So it all has good. like yeah, all very good. Um, <laughs> so I'm excited to go back there again eventually, uh, maybe next week or something like that. Yeah, man, the yeah. cuisines of East Asia. Mm. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, thank you very much for sharing that story, man. All right, yeah. so let's let's go ahead and cut it off because I know you got to go. All right, man. Yeah, man. It's a pleasure. So hey, man. It was a pleasure too, man. And we are at actually you're doing better than a lot of other people. We're at okay. two hours and twenty three minutes, dude. Oh damn. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Good job. <laughs> oh wait, hold on. Wait. All right, bet. Got it.